3: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
1: Many, 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 many,
4: What do you guys want to talk about? You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe
3: Lanza. The, the cool fans, Rich, cry when Sammy Stein hugs DUI Oos. That's what cool fans do. Cool fans call the Bloodline storyline better than any cinema. That's what the cool fans are doing.
4: It's us nerds. Our version nerd here. Dorks, yeah, that like the wrestling. Yeah. Rich Cratch. And I could be I'm allowed to be a fucking work rate nerd for the G1. I don't I just want them to have great matches and a wheel and kill themselves. I don't care, it's not my body, I just want to watch great matches. Stop yelling at me. I agree. (laughs) And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? How are you? I I am Joe. You are Joe. And I'm rich. That's me. You are Joe. And I'm rich. And this is the flagship podcast Um, on a Wednesday.
3: We should have a third host to the show.
4: Mm, Third chair.
3: That's a terrible idea. No, don't do that. Yeah. Nobody needs that. Nobody needs
4: <laughs> three people talking.
3: <laughs> some some straight man just chiming in. Oh, oh you guys. Do,
4: yeah, we do need that guy. Yeah. We need that guy to.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> the straight man it, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> just enter into the zany world. Just on without any sort of like it's just one episode you just hear, and that's Tyler. And Tyler's like, hey guys, what's up? And we're like, all right, Tyler. <laughs> we're going to the, you know, we're gonna talk, you know. Uh, about Adrian Street, he's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, just, just, yeah, it's just a guy who's just happy to be here. You hear from him like three times yeah, right. per hour, and that's it. <laughs> right. Or he does the <laughs> intro and then and then goes. That's actually what what his gimmick could be. This 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 Tyler or like uh, I'm trying to think. Of, what is what is a very? No, a you know geni- what it would be. What it, what would it be?
3: Well, it's oftentimes a woman because they feel like they have to like justify <laughs> the show. Forced,
4: yeah, we'd have to force you know, it into.
3: It's like.
4: That's Tina. Yes. All right, Tina. <laughs> She's like, hey, you're listening Tina. to the flagship yes, podcast. Tina. That's Joe. and That's Rich. All right. Take it away, guys. Thanks, Tina. How are you, Joe? Yeah. And then we never talk to Tina again. <laughs> no. Yeah. You hear some snickers. It's a video. And we've also pivoted to video, too. It's a video podcast, too. She, she does a news segment once per hour. That's good. Yeah. That. Right? And then. Oh, she breaks in at the just... bottom of the hour with the, the news of the day.
3: But but then we just riff on the news the whole time. <laughs> she Can't get it in. She and ever, her segment isn't she can't taken ever finish seriously. it. Yeah. You know that's that's what it would be, and she would just and and she would just always say, "Oh, you guys like like that." Okay, you know? I'm
4: listening. I'm I'm writing this down. Actually, I'm I'm gonna jot this down. I like this.
3: Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what it would okay. be. You know, and she, the third chair talks so infrequently that everyone just forgets that she's there, and <laughs> right. then when she talks. Everyone's like, "Oh, wait, that's right. Tina is on the show now." I right, forgot right. About
4: Tina, yeah, yeah. I like that gimmick. Yeah, so, bottom uh, of the hour news breaks. You know. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, it's the bottom of the hour, and I'm yeah. Tina here in the flagship podcast. Let's talk about the Vince McMahon subpoena. And like, <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: right. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Just
4: like, and then we just make a big joke
3: of it anyway. Whatever yeah, whatever right, she's right, talking right, about. Yeah. like right. that. You know, because no, you know that that's 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 what it could be. So, um. Anyway, you know, if if you, if you anyone wants to send in a resume, you know, Rich's email is.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Contact at voicesofwrestling.com. Please, please, uh, please send it in.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
4: I'd love and, to, I'd uh, love to take all, uh, all applications, male, female, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. You we'll know,
3: definitely not bring you on board. No. Yeah. And, there's
4: um, a 0% chance I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll respond to your email. I'll say, hey, thanks, you know, so much, but there's a 0% chance you're the, uh, the third chair on the uh, the flagship podcast. It's a it's a two person operation here. So, yes, um, welcome. Absolutely. We're here. We're talking. Uh, we got a lot of wrestling to get to uh, uh, this week. It's a uh, busy, busy, busy week. It uh, didn't seem like it was going to be when we're do when we do these Wednesday shows. It's always a little bit, you know, they're all- they're always a little funky. Obviously, you know, there's there's sellouts or, or you know people are are watching dynamite or doing something else with their night and not you know listening live. But we got a pretty good number uh, of people chiming in here already but um it tends to for whatever reason even though it's just that one day there seems to be a lot less news like anytime we do these wednesday shows i'm like oh man i don't know we're not gonna be able to fill in with it for it's something about thursdays i don't know what it is about thursdays but a lot of stuff comes out on thursday a lot of things just kind of seem to work out a little bit better with that one extra day and that's why we kind of settled on doing thursdays because if people don't know about you know flagship lore we didn't have a day forever it was just like I would text Joe and be like, "Hey, you want to record tonight?" and you're like, "Ah, yeah, sure." And then we would do it. And that's, that's how it it went for a really long amount of time. I don't think we settled truly on Thursdays until I don't know 5 or 6 years ago maybe. Even longer yeah, than probably. that. I think it's right around there that we finally settled on. Why don't we just have a day where we do the show? And then obviously once we started going live, then it was like, okay, well, now we have to declare a day and say what day we're gonna normally be. And that's when, you know, Thursdays got locked in. But I think we had already kind of been doing Thursdays for about five or six years. But yeah, for for half the show's life, it was text Joe on Monday, hey, what what day of the week works for you? Ah, Tuesday works. Okay, cool. Now it's a Tuesday, and we do the show on Tuesday.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably been Thursday for longer than you think. But, yeah, it was pretty random, you know, for a while there. It wasn't always weekly in the early, early days either. In the earliest days, it was more like, um, hey, we haven't done a show in a while. Is there enough stuff to talk about? And i everybody's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, there's a WWE pay-per-view and something going on in Japan. Japan. Like, All right, let's do a show this week. You know, and then at some point it just became weekly, but now you're going back like 10, 11 years. Right, right,
4: right. <clears throat> yeah. And, know, then, and so. then, you know, slowly evolving into picking a day. And that's, you know, Thursday just kind of seemed like not only for our schedules, but just like it seemed to fit perfectly. There usually wasn't shows on Thursday nights. You know, you were able to kind of escape. You know, being up against the show, you were able to escape. A l- it seems like a lot of like, you know, stuff in Japan or whatever would start on the weekend or whatever, or would be, you know, earlier in the week or whatever. So, yeah, it always kind of worked that out. We could do Thursday. We can cover everything. We can preview everything. WWE shows are coming up on Sunday. You know, the, the main pay-per-views are going to be on, on on Sunday or Friday. So that, that you know, if for Impact would do a lot of Friday pay-per-views, still do uh, a lot of Friday pay-per-views. So it just kind of worked with the Thursday. So I was a little worried at the beginning of this week of like, man, I don't know if we're going to have enough to talk about. And then, bam, we got a bunch of news uh, this morning, and we're going to talk about all of that. Uh, of course, the elite, uh, remaining elite, uh, first reported by Justin Barrasso uh, of uh, Sports Illustrated, uh, then confirmed via AEW press release that the uh, the elite – Bucks, Omega, Hangman Page, remaining with All Elite Wrestling. We'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. We'll also chime in a little bit. Dynamite 200 is happening as we're recording this. I wanted to at least talk a bit about the accomplishment of getting to 200 episodes uh, for Dynamite, as well as some you know quick hits on AEW, uh, the collision number, the all-in. We, we sort of, kind of know what is happening for all in in terms of if you could watch it on pay-per-view your question last week of how can i watch the show uh we sort of know even though they haven't really told us yet but we'll talk about that uh the collision rating as i said we'll 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 touch on that a little bit as well and a little uh, a little bit about collision because i know people have been saying hey you guys really don't cover collision you don't talk about collision enough so uh, i'll try to uh get a little bit about collision i did a write-up Uh, for our Patreon, uh, FlagshipPatreon.com, over the weekend. Uh, So I'll talk a little bit about that as well as the collision episode. Uh, Vince McMahon, federal search warrant and grand jury subpoena. We'll talk all about that. Uh, They disclosed it during their earnings call uh, this morning about uh, that occurring for Vince McMahon, so we'll touch on that, and we'll give the official comments from WWE, the official comments from Vince McMahon, as well as comments from Nick Khan as well. Summer Slam, the biggest party of the summer, or whatever the hell the tagline is uh, for this summer's Summer Slam, uh, coming up live from Ford Field this Saturday on the award-winning Peacock. We will preview it like nobody else, in that it'll probably be a lot shorter than most other previews. Our preview will be incredibly short, most likely, and that will be how we're, you know, you know, most times when people say like nobody else, it's like, oh, we're going to get into excruciating detail. We're, we're uh, Ours is going to be very, very, very short, I think, and uh, not very detailed. But we're also going to review The Great American Bash which Joe. I, earlier in the week, said you did not have to watch, and you watched, and that is your fault and not my fault. I said I would watch it no matter what. You said you weren't going to watch it, or you didn't want to watch it, and then you watched it anyway. So we are going to review The Great American Bash 2023. We have G1 Climax Scenarios. Yes, you have... I believe figured all of these out. Right. And is, is how many are we talking here? There's a lot, right. That are still on board for all four blocks with semifinals. I I mean,
3: I don't really think they're that complicated. I I did them all. I did them all on the G one audio over the last two days. And I think I've got them all straight. And, you know, I consulted, you know, Chris Samsa, who, who is on top of things. And we talked about it in, in our, in our, in our, voice wrestling slack a little bit today so i'm pretty sure i have it all straight and i i I don't really think they're all that complicated Okay. okay so you know the 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 block final shows are coming up this weekend on saturday so we have a nice gap here and uh this will be useful information everybody and get them all set for
4: you know the advancement scenarios for everybody who's still alive great so we'll do that in a little bit uh, there's some interesting stuff going on in the world of Lucha, Bandito and Big Lucha. It looks like he is done, uh, likely gravity, done as well with Big Lucha. So we'll touch on that. Uh, uh, Luchablog.com, Cubs fan, had some uh, report about that. And there's some some interesting news and notes going in, uh, in and around that and a little bit of wrestling drama that we always like to uh, uh, chime in on. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that, Bandito and Big Lucha. Uh, but we'll start the show at uh, with this news, the unfortunate passing of Adrian Street at the age of 83 he had been recovering from brain surgery and uh yeah let's let's you know let's give a little bit to uh, adrian street here who again passed away at the age of 82 uh this week for your match of the week that we do at uh, FlagshipPatreon.com. uh you did an adrian street match talked a little bit about you know his career and a little bit about how he you know obviously a trailblazing pro wrestling character um had you know a very interesting career a very long wrestling career uh but yeah on monday passes away Uh, At the age of 82. So uh, any thoughts on uh, Adrian Street?
3: Yeah, exotic Adrian Street had an extremely long career because he started wrestling as a teenager. And Adrian Street was born in 1940 and started wrestling as a 16 or 17 year old. So Adrian Street was wrestling basically from the mid 1950s, the mid to late 1950s until well into the 2010s. So, I think his last you know, match is what I
4: looked was uh, 2014. Uh, I was in his last match, which is <laughs> 2014 yeah. from, you know, what would you say, 1955, 56, Probably 57, 1950, somewhere in that
3: range? I would, I would say if if he started at 16 it'd be 1956 but probably around 56 or 57 okay so
4: 1956 slash 57 to 2014 <laughs> obviously is uh yeah not a uh, not a bad little run there obviously you know not as much in the, in the later years but yeah a lot very consistent work up through i mean up through the late 80s very consistent work and, into, and, the 90s, yeah, really. into the 90s yeah I mean, into the 90s yeah
3: um you know it's funny for such a long career you know such a large portion of it was in England and I don't really, I'm not super familiar with a lot of that work from, you know, 57 till about 80 because he didn't come to North America. And I don't know how many people realize this until he was already in his forties. So by the time he got to stampede after the big disagreement in you know, he didn't like big daddy. That's, that's well known. And big daddy was getting the big push and the, you know, the political, you know, wrestling politics and, you know, uh, disputes over pay and, and all of this. And he badmouthed big daddy to anyone who would listen once he got to the United States, but he got hooked up with stampede in 80 or 81, whatever year that was. And came over with Miss Linda, who had started as a wrestler, but then they became an item. And an item. Listen to me. Like I'm I'm a nineteen fifties uh <laughs> uh gossip
4: reporter. Writing for people um, magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Adrian so, Miss Linda spotted. <laughs> <laughs> right. Are they an item? Uh, yeah.
3: Longtime partners, I guess. I don't know, because they didn't get married until they were really old, but they were together and faithful and all that. Well, we assume, uh, you know, uh, for, for, for 50, 60 years or whatever it was, but they didn't get married until like 2004 or something like that. So, but everyone assumed that they were married because they were just, you know, wherever he went, she was the manager, you know, so she came over uh, with him to stampede. And from there, you know, really, the relevant portion of his career, probably to our listeners, because the, the, you know, the, the, uh, the, um if you're talking about the, the European portion of his career prior to that, so little of it is on tape. You know, there's some out there, but, um, and so much of it was so long ago. You're talking about the fifties and sixties. Okay. And then he had a second peak during the dying days of the American territories, which is where I think a lot of our listeners would be far more familiar with his work but the other thing about it is because he never worked for wwf and you know i'll get into why as we move it along and because he really didn't work for you know mid-atlantic slash jim crockett promotions during the the hot period that most people you know Talk about when they talk, which is when Dusty took over as Booker, 85 to 87 is really, or 85 to 88, however you want to term it. That's the hot period of Jim Crockett that most people talk about that they either live through it and recognize how great it was, or that's the period on tape that most people go back and and watch, uh, you know, younger people. And Adrian Street was there like in 84, 83, 84, 85, like right before Dusty took over the book. And that's there was that huge roster turnover. You know, whoever was there before Dusty, I guess it would have been, it either would have been Dory. It either would have been Dory Funk Jr. or Paul Jones or, um, you know, whoever the booker was in 84, 85, before Dusty came back, uh, before Dusty took over the book. And then Dusty really turned over almost the entire roster. You know, he retained Tully Blanchard, but then he brought in Magnum Tiet. And they eventually brought in the Road Warriors, and he brought in, uh, you know, like Nikita Koloff and put the and, and Crusher Khrushchev and put the Russians together.
4: Right. The, the roster that you know, the roster when you close your eyes and think Jim Crockett promotions at its is peak that's that roster. Dusty's, yeah. That's Dusty's that, roster. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You know, the, the guys before that in the era prior, which was like the Assassins. And, and,
4: <laughs> I was going to uh, say the Assassins. Uh, Johnny Weaver. Uh, and, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. You
3: know, uh, just people like that. You know, and he retained a few, you know, Dusty retained. Jimmy Valiant and he retained Paul Jones and he retained, you know, Tully was there before, you know, you know, he kept some of them around, but a lot of the older guys that were hanging around, like, you know, Dusty eventually worked those guys out. And the point here is Adrian Street was sort of part of that crew and he didn't make it to like the glory days of Crockett which is, you know, the Four Horsemen and the Road Warriors and the Russians and Magnum TA and, 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 and Dusty Chase and Flair and, you know, all the shit that everybody is intimately familiar with. Um, so because of that, because he never worked WWF and because he, like, the timing was just wrong with his Crockett run, there's there's a lot of fans who, who you know, haven't seen a ton of Exotic Adrian Street. You know, I know when I was a kid and I was reading the After Mags, I was familiar with exotic Adrian street because he was all over the magazines. He was one of those guys who he knew how to market himself and he was in good with the after mags. He always had like a full page ad with his merchandise and his videotapes and his albums and shit like that. And they would always write about him. No matter what territory he was in, he would always get press in those magazines. So he was very smart about that. So I knew who he was, even though I had never actually seen him wrestle. Right. And I had read about all those great feuds that he had in Continental with Wendell Cooley and in, in Mid-South with Terry Taylor. Like, I knew about all that stuff from reading about it, but I had never seen any of it. You know, living in New Jersey and him not being in any of the television promotions that, that, that I had access to. It wasn't until years later when I started watching tapes that I, I saw him work. But he was really in the United States or North America, if you want to toss in you know, stampede. And he also went down to Mexico a bit too, um, where I'm sure the gimmick got over, you know, and and like, it did everywhere. And you're really talking like the decade of the eighties when he was in his forties, like mid to late forties by the end of the decade. So it was kind of like a second peak for his career. You know, the first peak coming in the sixties and seventies, and then uh, peaking in a different part of the world in the eighties. But, um, the runs his runs that I remember best and that you know I'm most familiar with are Continental number one from about 85 to 80. Well, really, the back half of the 80s, but really, you would laser focus on 86, which I thought was really a big year for him because that's when the NWA Southeastern title was basically built around Adrian Street. You know, he comes into the territory you know, in late 85 and feuds with Austin Idol, takes the title off of Austin Idol. And then it's just a series of feuds with, you know, whether it was Norval Austin or Wendell, you know, Wildcat Wendell Cooley or uh, Tommy Rogers. And, you know, the title would bounce back and forth between these guys, but it was always, the centerpiece was always Adrian Street. And the Wendell Cooley feud is the one that stands out uh, in my mind when I think about the 86 Continental run. And the good thing about that, Rich, as we know continental slash southeastern footage, and it was continental at this time. Um, and, and the reason that it became continental, like that territory, the Fullers and the Armstrongs, you know, the Fullers, it, it would change names constantly. And that's because they were constantly selling the promotion, buying it back, <laughs> right, right. opening up an LLC, closing the LLC. They were playing money games constantly. It was a shell game, okay? And... But the reason that it eventually became continental is during that period of the eighties, they had to do what everybody had to try to do to survive. And that was go national to compete with Vince. Otherwise he was just going to snuff you out. So the name changed from Southeastern, which was a very regional name. And they went with continental to basically represent the 48 states. If you watch some of those continental TV episodes, you know, it opens up with, you know, Gordon Soli or, um, Whoever it is, Joey Vado, second home run of the night.
4: Look at that!
3: Sorry, That's um, it opens up with Gordon Soly or whoever it is. This is a live show, Rich. It, you know, and and he says Continental Wrestling, bringing together the greatest wrestlers of the continental United States or whatever it is. You know, it, like. You can see that they're making an effort. Look, hey, we're national, too. Everybody you know, everybody like, did that,
4: too. Every yeah. promotion, universal to, you know, it, it can't be Mid-South. It's universal. Everybody tried to go a little bit. I'm surprised nobody went galaxy and, and solar. You know, everybody had yeah. to be. We're, well, we're
3: universal. Global. It's a whole universe. It kind of did do ga- global. Global, yeah. You're,
4: well, yeah, glo- global is still the world, though. Yeah, I, Universal maybe went the most daunting with, with just, like, we're not mid south. We're the entire universe. It's like, all right, Bill, yeah. <laughs> chill out, Bill Watts. But they all did that. It was all everybody was cl- clinging to the last bit of whatever the fuck they could figure out. You know what I mean? The last bit of of we got to we have to stay alive in Vince's world. We have to stay alive in this new you know expanded post territory world. So we're yeah. Every company became something bigger. It couldn't just be uh, the middle. Universal Wrestling, the the Continental Wrestling, like you said, it had, had yeah. yeah. And, USWA, and the, you know, it can't be Memphis. It's got to be yeah, the United right. States Wrestling Association. It's got to be everybody. That's another great one. Yeah, You
3: know, that's another great one. And and what they also did in Continental was they took the show out of that studio and they taped in Birmingham every Monday in the bigger building to make it, you know, look like it was a bigger opera. You had to. You you, you didn't have a chance doing your small studio shows anymore. You know, even that the gas even ran out on that in Memphis uh, a few years later. You know, I, I mean, I guess it lasted – well into the nineties and even the two thousands, but not at the same level, right? Like it was just running on fumes at that point for sure. But, but you know, so anyway, it was that era of continental championship wrestling. And at that time, that's that NWA Southeastern title at various times was their biggest title. That was their title. Now, later they introduced a, I don't know what they called it. Maybe you could find it, but like a continental world title or whatever which but which usurped the southeastern title and sort of became their most important title, because again, if you're going to be nation, if you're going to present yourself as a national company, you're going to want to have a world champion, and not this regionalized top champion, right? So it, it kind of so instead of turning the southeastern title into a world title, they just rolled out another title in like eighty eight. <laughs> like, right. It was either eighty seven or eighty eight when they rolled out their version of the world title.
4: I think. The, um, are you talking about the CWF? heavyweight championship CW. Yeah. That's,
3: yeah. that's probably it. Yeah. Yeah. What was What was that? 87. That
4: was, let me scroll here. what well, it says it started in 1984, which I don't know if that,
3: that, might you know, I could be off. I mean, it's, it's, but I mean, you know, it's uh but continental was weird too, because they would have like a, a, a southeastern champion for the Northern part of the territory. and <laughs> right, They right. would have another champion for the Southern part of the territory, which covered like the Florida panhandle. And, the Fullers were very crafty promoters.
4: Let's yes, they put were. It that way. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> a lot of championships, yes. There was and, and quite the a number of the, the NWA, Fullers, Atla- Alabama heavyweight championship, the Southeastern heavyweight champion. The, there was a lot of heavyweight champions. Yeah, the Tennessee tag guys, team and, champions. And, <laughs> That's...
3: and the other thing about the Fullers is they didn't want magazine coverage. They were one of the few territories that didn't want the after mags around. They didn't want magazine coverage. They wanted to retain kayfabe for their for their market as much as they could right so that they can do like a split territory at times or and all of these different things so they weren't interested in in magazine coverage or anything which again is kind of why it's the lost territory that and the fact that there's very sparse television footage for a lot of the years because that stuff all just got destroyed and changed ownership so many times but the the long-winded point that i'm trying to make here is when it, you know, circling back to exotic Adrian street is when he peaked and really was arguably the top star of the territory in 86. That just so happens to be maybe the most fruitful year that we have of continental footage. Like we have so much of 1986, like there's tons of that out there. So a lot of his run and a lot of these feuds that I'm talking about, particularly the, the wildcat Wendell Cooley feud, that, that footage is plentiful. You should have, no problem finding that uh, if you want a little taste of, of what Adrian Street was all about. And, and keep in mind, by this point, he's 46 years old. You know, that's the other thing. Like, and I'm talking 1980s in their 40s. And we talk about this all the time. Like, guys were completely fucking finished by the time they hit their 40s back then with all the drugs and they didn't take care of their bodies and, and sleep, just was
4: drink and drive and, and take all sorts of drugs and fuck and then yeah, drive I mean, to the next town. And yeah, they were just, they lived horrific lives.
3: Let's face it. Buck Robley wasn't a prime athlete. You know, it's like, <laughs> no. that's just how yeah, these they, guys they didn't were, start. You
4: know they didn't start from the prime athletics either, nor did they take any sort of, uh, there was no concept of nutrition or sleep or, or yeah. any, any of that sort of stuff. So,
3: so, you know, he's 46, but the thing was, he was into bodybuilding at a young age. He was a shooter back in England and learned how to wrestle legitimately. So, you know, he, he, and plus with all the makeup and, and, you know, the nature of the gimmick and everything, he didn't look 46 years old, you know, he didn't look like a spring chicken, but he had the big barrel chest, you know, he almost had a luchador body Yeah, with the big barrel chest and everything. And he was short. I don't think people realize how tiny he was, which is probably why McMahon never signed him because he was probably a legit 5'5". Okay, if you look, there's a picture floating around of him with Triple H. Now, granted, he's in his 80s by then and he probably shrunk a couple inches. But the idea here is you can see that this is a, he was shorter than Miss Linda. You know, this was probably a guy who was about 5'5 during the prime of his life in an era of monsters. Okay, so you had to have the over-the-top gimmick. You had to bring something else to the table. And, um, you know, I will I will have, you know, I will always think of that 86 era of Continental when I think, and I will also think about another good run because he was someone who really bounced from territory to territory, never over- overstayed his welcome. He'd come in, the gimmick would get over, a lot like Kamala, okay, in that the gimmick would get over, and then, you know, you do a couple programs, and then it's like you move on and you restart the process somewhere else. And then maybe you come back a couple of years later. Maybe you don't because I remember 84 in mid South. That's probably another one of his more memorable runs. Cause remember, we're only talking about 10 years here, just the eighties. So it's a really condensed career for somebody who wrestled for 60 years. Um, in terms of, you know, American career, the 84 mid South run with the Terry Taylor feud. And that's probably the most memorable, um, uh, uh, feud of of that run that he had in '84 in mid-south, and the, you know, the big angle was he he planted the kiss on Terry Taylor and then beat him for his whatever title it was, whatever secondary title, um, that was. And then, uh, in an angle that most certainly Rich, the wokes aren't gonna like this one,
4: Rich, no, they're not. Uh, the, preemptive yikes, all right, here we go.
3: A very much '80s angle where the follow-up was Adrian Street was wrestling Chris Adams, and um. Is all on YouTube, by the way. And Terry Taylor comes down during the match, forces a kiss on Miss Linda. That's number
4: one. Two raucous, on uh, raucous cheers from the crowd, of course. To yeah. raucous cheers from the crowd. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah! yeah. This... Get that yeah, kiss.
3: Get yeah, <laughs> kiss her. Fuck her. Um, you know, and and then so Taylor's kissing her. He he releases the kiss. She's smiling ear to ear, like oh yeah, that was she great. likes Sexual it. Assault me, baby. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so she's enjoying it. The announcers are loving it. The fans are loving it. And Adrian Street hops out of the ring. And uh, does he go after Terry Taylor? No. He beats the shit out of Miss Linda for uh, enjoying Terry Taylor's kiss and then drags her to the back. Yikes. This, of course, got go. yeah. incredible heat for the time. <laughs> right, right. In an angle that, my God, you would never want to. <laughs> no, dear God. I mean, God. <laughs> you know, I, no, I mean I... everything. I think every single thing about that angle is wrong, right? Like there's not one thing about that angle. You have a baby face forcing a kiss. You've got the woman portrayed as enjoying it. And then the heel comes out and doesn't go after the baby face. He beats up as Yeah, He's not mad at the, at
4: the, at the guy who came and forced himself onto his lady. He's mad at the lady for enjoying it or whatever. It's, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, not gonna get that one. Yeah, that one's not gonna get out of the uh the room. Uh that that won't uh that won't meet the uh standards.
3: Because her whole reaction was, ooh, I want more of that. This Terry Taylor, that's a real man. You know, like that's like how she reacts in in the story, and you know, and, and and then you go from there. But um, yeah, he went everywhere. I mean, you know, he was in Florida for a while, and and which is interesting because when he was in Florida, he worked programs with I believe with and against Dusty Rhodes. Like I think Florida was one of the places that even tried him as a babyface. He turned babyface eventually in Continental too. That's the thing. He didn't always work as a heel. And when we we talk more about his gimmick, we can get into that, but he worked Florida both with and against Dusty, which what's interesting about that is Dusty never brought him into Crockett, which I I never you know, cuz it's obvious that Dusty liked them. Dusty had pushed them in the past. I've never read anything that they had any heat with that run. So it was interesting to me. Now, Dusty may have used them very early in the Crockett period, very early, but he, he was, he definitely that wasn't there during the glory years and, and they never brought him back. And and maybe just because he was doing so well on Continental, maybe who knows, maybe Dusty wanted to bring him in, but he was, uh, I, I can't imagine he was making tons of money in Continental at that time. Continental was dying. So, I don't know. It's just weird that he never worked Crockett during the the, the glory years because it, it's obvious that Dusty liked him unless there's some heat I don't know about. Um, he worked Memphis. He was in and out of Memphis a lot. He had programs with Jerry Lawler. You can only imagine how how those played out. Jerry <laughs> Lawler against a flamboyant. Uh,
4: you know, uh, it, anything, it's gimmick, if it's anything like his gold dust, uh, run, then, uh, yeah, probably, uh, pretty much Rich. a lot of yikes, a lot of yikes around like. that one too. Yeah, I swear a
3: lot of, a lot of yikes, around because here's the thing, I think most people are probably familiar with the gimmick, but it was basically, um, you know, what a Mex the Mexican Exoticos, yeah, or yeah, exotico. gold dust or, you know, the flamboyant over the top uh feminine mannerisms but the thing about adrian street very rarely and quite honestly i can't think of a single instance did he portray himself as gay or did or did the promotion portray him as gay maybe in memphis because they were a little wilder the idea behind the gimmick was a little different it was almost like he always had miss linda okay he was always had uh, his his and everyone knew that was his woman, and it was almost like the gimmick was more psychological, preying off the insecurities of like these southern backwoods fans.
4: Right, right, right. It's similar to what they did with Goldust after a certain point. Because when Goldust first came into the WWF, make no question, it was there was well, a lot of that. But there, they, I I I disagree.
3: I think it's more like Goldust when he started with Marlena, and the idea of, okay, is, the, is this guy gay or is he fucking with people because people are insecure about gay people?
4: Right. Do you see where I'm going Yeah, with that no, I I, I I got you. Yeah. May, maybe it is a little bit more of that era. I, I was thinking because there was some, some, they really towed the line a little bit. And then there was this one point where I think they realized that they were towing the line a little too much. And they had gold. They had like, I think it was Jerry Lawler that literally came in the ring, said, uh, Goldust, are you, uh, you know, Goldust's like, what? And they're like, are you, you know what I'm saying? And is like, no, I don't know. What are you saying? And then Lawler was just like, uh. Queer. <laughs> he just said it real fast because like, he knew he was like, I don't really want to yeah. say this, but I have to say this. And, and then, yeah, Gold, then Goldust said, oh, no, 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 I'm not. But I see what you're saying. He was maybe a little bit more before that run where he would, you know, Goldust would, you know, get a little, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd touch the wrestler in a provocative way and get Razor Ramon all sort of pissed off and stuff and then win his title from him. You know what I mean? And then win, win the Intercontinental right, title right. because Razor Ramon was too worried about that or Ahmed Johnson was too worried. So, yeah, I, I guess you're right. It was probably a little bit more of that early Goldust run.
3: Yeah, where it was more like an androgynous gimmick. Um, you know, Adrian Street called himself a transvestite, which is a term which is now pretty much frowned upon
4: yeah. Oh, yeah. in
3: in that community. But at the time, it wasn't. And um, that's how he that's how he portrayed himself, what you would call today, like a cross dresser or. Uh, or a drag queen, or something like that. It, it's closer, you know, to that sort of deal. Yeah,
1: he, he's and
4: he's drag. He's doing drag more than anything. Is he's, what doing he's doing
3: drag more than anything? Now, now, not every territory was the same. Okay, now there were some territories where he would go, and they would do the deal where it was like, all right, he had Miss Linda, and like Miss, and the and the deal was like Miss Linda wanted to fuck him, but he didn't want to fuck her, and that was the heat. Right, so they would do that sometimes. <laughs> What's wrong and, with this guy? <laughs> right, right, right. That no. kind of thing. <laughs> Why does this but guy not want to fuck that woman? It's like... But then, but then there were places like Mid South where they would put him over as a tough guy who just had this, who was playing mind games with everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like they, in, like in Mid South and some other places, they they would acknowledge his legitimate tough guy background, which he did have, and he did have a rep for being able to handle himself. And the idea was. He's flamboyant and he might be a little weird, but don't let him fool you. He's going to, he can kick your ass. You know that, like that was the idea behind the character. So it did kind of fluctuate based on, you know, the territory or whatever, but you know, and, and he wasn't gay. I mean, you know, Linda was his shoot, you know, eventual wife, but you know, it's not unlike, you know, like Dalton castle who is as far as I know straight, but portrays what's clearly meant to be a gay character right i think that's (laughs) pretty fair that the dalton castle character is meant to be gay um and and then you have like maximo in mexico which is another straight man with like you know a straight man with a family but and again that character is portrayed to be gay like and, and does all the gay panic spots like dino does in japan like maximo and dino do all the gay panic spots where they'll kiss the baby for the the heels or you know whatever and uh and they will like, "Oh yucky! Oh man, just kissed me. This is disgusting." I, I, I you know, wiping their face and acting like they want to die. You know, like Adrian Street did do some of that. I mean, he did the angle with Terry Taylor where he kissed him and then stole his title, but it wasn't always that kind. It depend. It really depended what territory he was in at the time. And like I said, in a lot of these places, he also was babyface. So in Continental. He was a heel for so long that eventually, you know, he got over. And by the end of that run, you know, he was working as a face. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of the idea behind the gimmick. You know, I liken it to uh, some of the examples I just said. And like early Goldust, where, you know, the Marlena era of Goldust, where it was like more of an androgynous kind of character. And yeah, it was Vince McMahon and it was the 90s. and And there was, you know, a lot of the heat was on gay people, of course, but I think the essence of the gold gold dust character was more like who's the problem here? Me or you? Right, right, right.
4: Why are you so worried you know, about me? Like why why is this bothering right. you so much that I, you know, I, I, I act like this or I wear this or, you know, I walk around the ring and I do this and I, you know, I, I'm wearing a robe and I yeah, why why are you so worried about this, razor remote, as opposed to, you know, and that, that was that was kind of the heat. And yeah, I, I agree that that that's what that character I think what what Dustin Rhodes was going for with that character, and it, again, it might not have been hit. It might not have been the whole company might not have been in on it as much. They may have thought, you know, simply it was just, oh my god, here's this gay guy, and oh my god, it's scary or whatever. But I'm I'm confident that Dustin Rhodes himself knew. What he was doing, and it was a little bit of this character, like you're saying, this little bit of a, you know, why why are you so threatened by this? Like you should look at yourself. Like I'm I'm playing, you know, quote unquote mind games here, and you're the one that's all threatened. What what's wrong with you? You know, what's wrong with you in this scenario? Not what's wrong with me. So that I I think it's a little bit of what what they're trying to do I, there. I,
3: and I think that was a lot of the essence of Exotic Adrian yeah, Street. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, obviously, this all started with Gorgeous George. You know, and you know, but Exotic Adrian Street was the next step. And. It especially got over as a heel act in a lot of these Southern territories, you know, in the eighties in the early eighties. And, um, um, yeah. And then, you know, by the late eighties, he kind of planted his flag in the continental area, you know, Birmingham and, you know, really worked that territory until it didn't exist anymore. You know, after it got purchased, um, who was the guy who, who bought, um, continental from the full fo- the final it was uh the hell was that guy and oh david to, woods
4: wasn't that the guy's name david woods david woods and then they put it on like the financial news network
3: or something <laughs> yeah, of course And uh,
4: <laughs> right exactly what continental wrestling federation needs to be on is yeah it, it, yeah that did not uh yeah did not last long
3: so he yeah he was there through the woods era and and then any time throughout the 90s that one of these new sort of pop-up indies that had ideas on either being national or ideas on being like a regional indie anytime one of these new things would pop up like adrian street was one of the first phone calls and would always work for those types of promotions um especially in that area of the country you know the alabama area um
4: because he he did global a little bit right he was global right
3: Early global. Yeah, definitely early global when they brought in basically any name that wasn't already with WWF or WCW, you know, global, you know, they global brought them all in and, you know, he was, he was one of them in those early days. Um, not, not his first time. And I mean, he worked for the Blanchards in, you know, the Southwest championship wrestling was in and out of there, even when they were on USA network. So during that era, um, so, you know, that was another one of the territories he he worked a lot. So, he worked a lot of he worked most of those southern territories. Now, I don't think he ever got out to Portland and like I said, he never worked WWF and you know, um by and by the time he got to the United States, like a lot of the territories were either already dead or or you know, like he never worked like a lot of those 70s territories. Like he never worked for the Sheik up in Detroit or anything like that. Like it, this he was a southern territory heel you know that's that's what adrian street was who um was bolstered by the magazines and knew how to market himself and you know uh, never really worked like the awa you know it was, it, it was more memphis and continental and that part of the country is really what it was a little bit of florida uh you know texas here or there but um yeah a very very memorable character and the other thing about him You know, he he wrote and performed his own theme song, which I don't know if, um, imagine what I could do to you. I don't know if it predated Bad Street USA. It was the same time period. Uh, I couldn't tell you which one was first in terms of, you know, entrance themes that were performed by the wrestler themselves. But, you know, there's another innovation, whether, you know, Bad Street Edged them out by a couple of years or not? I still think that would be one of the more famous versions of someone coming out to their own theme song, um, and a very memorable song. I mean, you listen to him come out; his entrance was very memorable. You know, he's coming out to this song, and 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 the whole idea behind the song was what the gimmick was. Like, okay, look at me, but you know what? I, I'm going to kick your ass. Like, like you know, uh, here's all the things I can do, despite what I look like and despite how I live my lifestyle. You know, imagine what I could do to you. Like that's the whole idea behind the entrance. Song, right, and the and the
4: other the other oh. famous song too, which is you know again a term that is not used at all anymore, but speaks to the the character like you said. The yeah, I might dress like this, but I'm a fucking badass and I'll whoop your ass. Is a sweet transvestite with a broken nose was the other one mm-hmm. that he did, which again yeah, speaks yeah. to the hey, look at me, but I got a broken nose, which means I, I've seen some <laughs> shit. I've been in some fights, and you know what? Look at I can whoop your ass. Trust me. So so you know, think think less of me if you want, but you're about to find out what I'm at, what, what I can actually bring, which is cool. Yeah,
3: and he recorded whole-ass albums. I mean, you know, this was not just, you know, this was someone who put out albums and 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 made music, tons of, the, all the music videos are on YouTube. I mean, they're all there. But, um, you know, it, it never got the run with McMahon, but at the same exact time that he was peaking, they did the adorable Adrian Adonis gimmick which was the same fucking gimmick. I mean, but I, I do think the adorable Adrian Adonis gimmick was way more on the nose in terms of this is a gay man. Yes.
4: There was WWE subtlety hammer with that one for sure. Yeah, that, that was right.
3: that, way more on the nose, you know, and it's like, because uh, Adrian Adonis, if people don't know, like after the tag teams with Ventura and Dick Murdoch kind of fizzled out, you know, Ventura had the retire and then they did the, the North South. That was the East West connection or not as the North South connection. And then the tag team with Murdoch, that was the North South. One was the, what they were one or the other, each of them. And then, uh, you know, Murdoch leaves and they lose the tag team titles. Murdoch leaves. So then Adonis is managed by Bobby Heenan and he's still doing like Adonis's gimmick before adorable Adrian Adonis was like a leather wearing like street gang, New Yorker. Is what he was. He had the leather jacket. The leather hat. um, And he was like a a street thug. Like a tough off the streets. Like a guy in a, a stereotypical late 70s, early 80s New York City. Before it got cleaned up gang. Like that kind of thing. But he was carrying around this briefcase. That said relax with Trudy. And no one knew what the fuck it meant. He started carrying around this briefcase. And then Bobby Heenan does the trade. With Jimmy Hart and I think it was what was it Adrian Adonis and missing link for King Kong Bundy is that what the trade was the
4: trade it, yeah let me get the exact I don't know there's some draft picks get, get, that
3: got got set into but, yeah uh, pull up the exact parameters of that trade yeah, because, yeah let's let's uh,
4: find out the colossal I trade know that
3: Adonis Adonis went to Hart and Bundy went to Heenan but I know that missing link was involved. Yeah, somewhere he, as
4: well. he was, but I forget. It, okay, it was. Uh, I think you got it right there. Uh, I had it and I lost it. Uh, God, here, one sec, one sec, one sec. I'll find it again. Uh, King Kong, yes. King Kong. Okay, yes. It was Heenan trading the missing link and Adrian Adonis to manager Jimmy Hart in exchange for King Kong Bunny. That was in September of 1985, which ended up being a good. I would say a decent deal for Heenan because obviously he got the WrestleMania two uh, main event yeah. there with, with King Kong Bunny and and Hulk Hogan. But you know Jimmy Hart, good value though out of missing Lincoln Adrian Adonis, but uh, yeah. probably probably yeah, better you know better return for for Heenan. I guess though long term return not not great because Adonis would last until uh, WrestleMania three, right? A little bit after WrestleMania three, he'd last, so he'd get an extra year. a Little after, well, yeah. he'd get an extra year out of Adonis, whereas King Kong was was pretty much wrapped up at that point after WrestleMania two. So.
3: So. He's carrying around this briefcase. He gets traded to Jimmy Hart. And that's how WWF changed managers back then. They would do trades. That's shit. They rocked. cared
4: so much about logic but, that, like, they did. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense for a guy to just be managed by another guy without there being a reason for it. I love it. <laughs> and now right, so they come on
3: TV and do a trade.
4: Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's unbelievable.
3: Yeah. And each guy would think they were getting better at the other. Yeah. And, yeah I
4: would was, kill. Was, yeah. Oh, God. I would kill for that sort of logic in, in modern pro wrestling. Just, just a little bit of a thought about it. It's not that big. It didn't take that big of a, th- segment it wasn't but just enough to say well there needs to be a reason why this man is not managed by this guy
3: so then adonis is getting like more and more flamboyant he gives away his leather jacket to rowdy roddy piper right and that's the leather jacket that rowdy piper wore until his death like whenever rowdy piper would come on tv with a leather jacket it was often that leather jacket that adonis gave to him in that segment on piper's pit you know or whatever it was And then he just totally dyed his hair and started wearing the pink and the ribbons and basically doing the Adrian Street gimmick. But like we said, way more less subtle and way more on the nose. And the entire idea was he's gay and you're supposed to not like him because he's gay. And that was kind of never explicitly explained. But it seems like the setup for that was this briefcase that said, relax with Trudy. It, I guess the idea was Adrian street, this guy who was the, the Adrian Adonis, this guy who was this street thug was, was a crossdresser in his spare time who called himself Trudy. And I guess that's the connection everyone makes now, even though that was never explicitly laid out. So it was like kind of maybe, you know, whether that was the idea, it sure adds up and makes a lot of sense, right? And he's walked around with this briefcase and, You know, I'm, I'm this big, tough wrestler, but in my spare time, when I'm relaxing, I am Trudy, this, you know, that my cross-dressing persona or whatever. And then that just became adorable Adrian Adonis. Um, But anyway, that gimmick was pretty much what exotic Adrian street had been doing the whole decade. And, you know, but you're talking about a guy who was five foot five and didn't really work the style and McMahon, I guess you know, just went with his own guy who he was, who he knew and was familiar with. And um, like you said, it went to about WrestleMania three, got his head shaved after the, he lost the Piper in Piper's retirement match and, and beefcake cut his hair. And that was the beefcake face turn. And that was the birth of Brutus, the barber beefcake because he cut Adrian Adonis's hair. And then Adonis did do one television taping with, the, with the shaved head, which was meant to be super embarrassing. And, but, at that one taping, he started working with an edge
4: again. I did that for match of the week a few. Oh, weeks you ago. did? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a very, very rare footage, but yeah, it, or a rare, a rare occurrence, but yeah, Adrian Adonis showing up, you know, after the hair match on WF television, like you said, kind of going back to that old, not all the way there, but but enough there of like, all right, I'm, I'm letting go of that character and I'm back to having a little bit of an edge, but it didn't last very long. But yeah, that was no. that was your match of the week, flagshippatreon.com, uh, a couple of weeks ago.
3: It didn't last because he went on the road to work the program with Beefcake and he got fired again. And that was it. They never brought him back and he died before they brought him back. He gained all that weight and got into drugs and he got fired for like the third time and that was that. But he was working. It looked like it was possible that they were going to slowly revert him back to his old persona because he worked a more rugged style in that match and he had less makeup on and he didn't have all the ribbons and all that. and He, he still had the same look but he didn't have any of the mannerisms anymore. It was clear that there was a change of direction coming, but we never saw it play out. Um, and then he died. He got fired. He went to the AWA. He was doing the same adorable. He would call himself adorable Adrian Adonis. He was managed by Paulie Dangerously in the first version of the Dangerous Alliance before the WCW version with the original Midnight Express and Adrian Adonis. He called himself adorable Adrian Adonis, but again, he didn't really do the over-the-top flamboyant part of the act. He just wore the pink. And just wrestled like a guy, like like a normal guy. He didn't do any of the mannerisms or the idea wasn't there's heat on him because he's gay, right? So it's like, and then, you know, we all know what happened. He ended up dying, you know, before he was able to completely revive his career. But anyway, the point here is pretty much a knockoff of the exotic Adrian Street gimmick, you know, who had the gimmick perfected. But um, very influential, obviously, uh, Adrian Street. You know, to this day, you know, it's kind of the, you know, if you're going to do that kind of gimmick and they're all over the place, uh, you know, still Mexico, United States, it's a, you know, it's a gimmick that always seems to work. Um, obviously done with more subtlety today and, you know, in different ways versus 40 years ago, but that's the template, you know, is exotic Adrian street, you know, so and influential in a lot of ways, marketing himself, the, uh, the theme song, uh, the gimmick, all of it. So, um, Again, if you're looking for footage, the 86 Continental stuff is all over the place. The 84 uh, Mid-South stuff is all over the place. You know, I, I saw some Memphis stuff floating around on YouTube, a match against Randy Savage, some of the stuff versus Lawler. It's not that hard to find. You know, you can find plenty of Adrian Street if uh, right there on YouTube if, if, if you want to and, and get a feel uh, for what he was all about. But uh, dies at the age of 83, lived a long life. Um, again, was a bodybuilder, was always in great shape um you know 83 that's that's a that's a legitimate life lived you know so uh that's it exotic adrian street got anything to add
4: there you go nothing else to add there Uh, i'll definitely again recommend the match of the week uh something we do on our patreon one of the best things about our patreon i think uh over there at flagship patreon.com patreon.com slash voices of wrestling uh and voices of wrestling.com slash patreon it's not just a match link and then hey here's this match go watch it it's, it's it's a match link with paragraphs usually about the match the background of the match the reason for it being selected as the match what it meant the what what, what led up to it what met what happened after it or whatever so uh yeah al- always recommended that and yeah this week's uh, was uh uh an ancient street match so from continental uh, one of one of the famous feuds and a little bit of background about that uh as well so definitely recommend checking that out and uh yeah that's that's the life in the career uh, of adrian street and it, like you said it's 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 hard to find like not the type of wrestler that you could just type in adrian street on youtube and like get like the best matches you know what i mean like i don't even know it, it's not a match thing it's not it, that's not that's not what adrian street is it's 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 a vibes thing it's 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 a character uh more so than anything and 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 yeah you're you're gonna be hard pressed to sit down and slap your hands together and go all right let me see the best adrian street matches that's just not the way to consume it that's not it's the way to think about Agent Street, the way to think about it is is, is the character and, and remember what era this character was happening in and, and what was going on in the world and and just, you know, this might not seem like that wild of a character, you know, in 2023 and oh my God. But yeah, think about the places, the time and the place that a lot of it was happening. And and, and the thing that i always remember uh, about Agent Street is that iconic photo uh, done by some British publication. I, I don't know the one off the top of my head, but uh, it's a black and white photo. Uh, it's Adrian Street with long hair straightened and and stickers all over his face and makeup on and then his father a minor next to him and his father's got like you know soot all over his face and just looks like hell like he just looks like the, the guy that does the toughest fucking job all times of the day and there he is you know juxtaposed with his son Adrian Street here who's got you know straightened hair and 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 stickers and makeup and sparkles on his face and stuff it's just a it's an iconic photo and i'm sure you've seen it this week even if you don't know that you've seen it but that that photo of if you're wondering why adrian you see adrian street with like some minor looking guy that's him and his father and they did a story about how his father had been a minor for like 45 years and adrian street was like yeah i don't want to be a minor and this is what i'm doing instead and just yeah the the, the craziness that uh you know can it can come from this this wild profession that is professional wrestling so there you go. That is Adrian. Straight to life and career again. Passed away at the age of 82. All right. Let's get to uh, – let's talk about a little AEW here uh, before we get into the WWE portion of this show. Uh, First reported by Sports Illustrated, as we said, then confirmed by AEW press release later in the day, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Adam Page are remaining with All Elite Wrestling on new multi-year deals. The press release said, quote, ahead of tonight's landmark 200th episode of AEW Dynamite Live on TBS, AEW CEO, GM, and head of creative Tony Khan announced that the EVPs, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks, as well as Hangman Adam Page, have signed long-term extensions with AEW. The announcement ensures that the four cornerstones key to the launch of AEW in 2019 will remain with the promotion where they have helped build AEW into a household name across the globe and competed in some of the most critically acclaimed matches in professional wrestling history. So there we go. Freakouts, not needed anymore. The Bucks, Omega, and Page are hanging around for long-term extensions. What what how long-term those long-terms are, we don't know yet, but multi-year extensions as far as we know. And now, Joe, the only question is. Do the Young Bucks leave in 2027? Let's start asking about it now and freaking out about it now, please. So, yeah, some... I mean, I'm
3: not surprised they. I'm not surprised they got it done and signed all these guys. Um, you know, it wouldn't have shocked me if if some of them, you know, if Omega would have tried his hand with the WWF. You can't look at how they've handled Cody and not think that Omega didn't think to himself, "Hmm, that looks enticing." Right? so it's like, especially since he creeps, you know he's creeping up past 40 now and everything else however old he is probably around 40 um you know injuries piling up but um but you know if i would have set betting odds on it i would have thought that they were going to um ultimately stay with with AEW even if it w- i would have put it at like 80 20
4: yeah 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 what i wouldn't be um, stunned i wouldn't like fall down with you know oh my no. god are you kidding me if they went to the WWE, but i the betting favorite had to be them sticking with AEW no doubt
3: yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's resolved and it gives you some booking peace of mind when you know that those guys are all going to be around for, you know, another whatever. How many years did you say? Five? Years, uh, they don't know. Years? They, don't,
4: they don't know just yet. No. It said multi-year long term is two terms were used at one point. Multi-year was used and then the other time long term extensions were used. So. Long term feels like more than two years. I would say. I don't know, some three to five. I would say if if I say long term, but I don't. I don't know. Multi year, I guess. Well, you know,
3: it's it's because wrestling is still this stupid close side. <laughs> so we can't. And, we, don't know. Know. Yeah, well, we don't know. Yeah, we well, don't know.
4: It's just we have to well, read you know, the tea you'll leaves. Ask, yeah, it's yeah. We we could ask, and then we would just get you know.
3: And they won't answer. Right. And. If it gets out, they'll try to find the leaker and like fire him.
4: Right, like, right. It's just a stupid. Or say if you only he's... knew the whole story, <laughs> okay. Tell us the story. Yeah. That's well, my favorite wrestling story, trope is yeah. oh, d- don't believe uh, this bullshit. Okay, well then, what's the real story, <laughs> sir? Please, yeah. please enlighten yeah. me.
3: You control whether <laughs> right. there's bullshit or not. Like you can tell us what the story is. You know, it's. Uh, but wrestlers always play that card because they operate in this little secret society. And you know what? If you're going to operate in that little secret society, okay. But then don't go public and say, well, if you only knew the real story, uh, the dirt sheet. Well, no, you can't have it both ways, okay? <laughs> right, right. Either, either just keep your mouth, sh- and plenty of them do, keep your mouth shut and live in your little secret society. Or be transparent with the media and say what you have to say. You, you know, don't do the thing. Where you're like, oh, well, that story's all wrong. <laughs> Wait till the real truth comes out. Well, how about you fucking call me and tell me the real truth then? I'd be happy to share it with everybody. You know, but, you know, that's the fucking ridiculous, stupid business that this is. But, um, man, I, I wasn't expecting to have that rant. But, uh, no, you're
4: good. I saw it. Did you see uh, Ali did that earlier today? He, he tried to dunk yeah. on, like, Cultaholic or whatever because they had a headline. He's like, you guys really fall for these shitty clickbait headlines. And then, to Cultaholic's credit, I forget the exact guy's name. He basically replied with, like, well, isn't the quote that you <laughs> – like, the exact – like, the quote in the piece is what the headline is. So it's like, well, what is it, pal? <laughs> you can't be. And then, you know, then he started getting you – know, oh, it's, you know, that's not how – okay. All right. All right. The
3: people inside the wrestling business – can shut down every one of these shitty clickbait sites and these copy and paste sites and these aggregator sites tomorrow if they chose to. Do you know how they could do that? By being transparent with the good media that's out there. Then there is no open to interpretation to any of these things. And we all just know shit like we do in every other sport and we do in every, and, and all these other endeavors where there's open communication with real media. You don't like cultaholic or WrestleZone, or any of these fucking sites with these clowns, okay, you can, you have the power to put them out of business. You choose not to. And that's fine.
4: Jeez, poor cultaholic!
3: Can't
4: have it both ways, then. Cultaholic, get some strays there. I don't know if they're clowns, but oh, who cares?
3: Have you ever gone to cultaholic? (laughs) I was a guest
4: on cultaholic, sir. They called me. Oh well. Now I'm tugging the collar. Yeah, yeah. When Carl Anderson was was definitely going to WWE, who'd they call? They called me. Uh, I gotta tell you, I
3: think I'm confusing cultaholic with another site. I I apologize (laughs) to the (laughs) the fine people at cultaholic. Yeah, please come on. Yes. Leave it for
4: the Z's. Uh, There's no Z in their title. Come on. There's a Wrestle News with a Z and three Zs or four Z's. Yeah, listen,
3: yeah. I've I've never gone to any, I swear to you, any of these oh, things on purpose. Not not one time.
4: I don't I don't know how many yeah. times you've went to Voices of Wrestling. Honestly. Very rarely. <laughs> if we're being honest.
3: Not since I stopped writing for it, baby. Um, no, but I never wake up in the morning and crack my knuckles and say to myself, ah. Let's see what wrestling inks got going on today. Not one time, rich in my life. Have I ever done that? Um. Anyway, what were you talking about? The elite,
4: uh, the elite, they're remaining elite. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's it's a big story in terms of the fact that, yeah, now you don't have to kind of worry about it. And the people hand wringing and, oh my God, they're going to bring back CM Punk. And that's going to make everybody want to leave. And everyone's going to leave in droves. And especially when the Cody doc came out this week and, there was little you know, bits and pieces and, and, and drops and quotes from that or whatever, which I have not seen. I'm probably not going to watch. But um, you know, it was like, oh, my God, look. Yeah, like you said, it's kind of like, oh, look what's going on with Cody and WWE. Like, how could you not look at that and want to be a part of that or whatever? And then you have CM Punk, and then you have all that. And it's like, yeah, then the guy's just resigned. So it's like, okay, well, we'll have to learn. We'll have to figure out something else to freak out about uh, over the next couple of weeks in Dynamite. I'm sure the AEW Wims Division will uh, – will, keep the tide rolling for for a couple of weeks until we have a new thing to no freak out about so no that up. that has been a day one thing and it's still going on to this day every single day you go into our discord at any time of the day you can go at 1 a.m you can go at 1 p.m you can go at 10 p.m you can go at 10 a.m somebody is arguing about the aw women's division on there and that has been true since september 2019 and it'll be in true until september 2029 or whatever the hell dynamite goes away because uh People so love exhausting. arguing about the AEW Women's Division <laughs> uh, and thinking about who they could bring in to save the AEW Women's Division.
3: Uh, so. How do we fix this? How about we just don't do anything? Who cares? <laughs> right. I, I'm, so, I'm so sick of hearing about this AW Women's Division.
4: From day one. I... From day one. God. From episode one, day one. It uh, does not stop. So some other AEW quick hitters uh here. AEW as of, you know, I obviously as we're recording this show and the show's going live. Uh Aaron, their two hundredth episode. Of uh dynamite tonight, they're halfway to the run of ECW Hardcore TV, which went off the air at exactly 400 episodes. They are 88 away from the entire run of WCW Monday Nitro. I always find that fascinating how close they are uh, to Nitro. Uh, and for Jim Cornette, uh, they have five more episodes than Smoky Mountain Wrestling ever had. So, wow, it's a lot, it's a long time. They've been around a while. That's that's why it's always wow. funny. Like, we always laugh about the kid glove, like the weird, like. I don't know. I'm not sure about this. This company's been around forever. Like they're gonna pass up Nitro soon. It's like calm down. You know, every oh, they're
3: gonna catch and pass Nitro. Yeah, of after.
4: course. Like yeah, they'll get to hardcore TV too. They'll, they'll get there.
0: You know, they...
3: this isn't some little 83 week operation. No, this I mean, is a successful wrestling company. We're this right. isn't a blip. This isn't an 83 week blip on the on the radar. This is a successful operation that is uh that is built for and has earned uh long-term sustainability. I wonder if that's, they
4: passed up the thunder. thunder. They they had to have passed up thunder by now or at least getting pretty close to uh, I don't know when the final thunder was. Let me see. Uh definitely how many thunders thunder. we had? Yeah. Ah, thunder thunder 156, 156. They definitely have they've well passed thunder. Yeah. Well passed thunder.
3: Thunder was a little longer than I thought. I thought it was like it was 3 years. It I was,
4: it was like yeah, years. 98 to uh, yeah, 2001. Yeah. Well there you go so All right. 200th dynamite yeah. they brought back uh, i know you No spoilers i won't spoil it for you uh they brought back I the chandelier that. we got paint
3: oh the chandelier was back The huh?
4: chandelier is back the the tunnels are back the heel face tunnels yeah. are back uh yeah we're we're doing we're doing good so
3: ah that's nice for
4: a week retro retro look yeah it's oh, bring it back forever yeah give her that video board retro all the way
3: back to 2019 <laughs> to
4: the, yeah. halcyon days of 2019 yes
3: those are the before times yes oh is
4: innocent days yeah exactly it, it it's one of those things the pre-covid feels like it was like 2019 feels like it was equal parts like not that long ago and then also like 25 years ago it's, it's so weird like certain parts i'm like oh yeah that wasn't that long ago and then other times i'm like oh my god remember how long ago that was but uh We also have uh, some uh, build and matches announced for All-In Wembley. Joe, I don't want to spoil it for you, but Adam Cole – well, I'm going to spoil it for you. Adam Cole and MJF is official for All-In Wembley. We have a match for All-In. Are you ready? Excited about that? Yes. There you go. We also – we know that you can purchase it on pay-per-view now. Uh, this was earlier in the week Dave wrote this, but I guess AEW did clarify this today on the show. Uh, Dave wrote, sources have confirmed to us that Comcast, while now <laughs> not advertising it yet, is scheduled to air all in on pay-per-view on eight twenty-seven 27 from Wembley Stadium with a $50 price tag. That would mean it would be on in-demand and all the cable systems would be expected to be carrying the show as well. Um, so, again, they've yet to announce it, but then they did announce it today on Dynamite. So, we're good to go. AEW, all so what? So, de- what,
3: de- what deal fell through? Uh, I don't so
4: know because there is no reason to wait this long to bring it up. So, yeah. So, don't I,
3: I, the old, oh, we can't say how you can watch it yet because, well, I'm guessing something...
4: Max. I, the, the most likely is that Max is trying to figure out some sort of streaming shit. And said, "Hey, we're not ready yet, so just do the pay per view thing until now. You know, until we're ready.
3: I gotta tell you, I'm happy I could just press a button on my remote and uh, watch it on pay per
4: view. Fine with me, man. Fine with me. Although Max Max is pretty good I, of all the, the streaming aspects. Yeah, Peca- but
3: yeah, but we don't know. Yeah, but it would be on un- It would be like their first crack at this. That's right? true.
4: Like, That's true. Yeah, we don't know how the, their you know. their live streaming aspect is going to be. Whereas an old sixty dollars on pay per view, click two buttons, and there it is on HD, yeah. sounding good, looking good, recording." Pretty Good all the time, so
3: all reliable, all yep. reliable, absolutely.
4: Uh, AW Collision this last Saturday on TNT was watched by 700, uh, 739,000 viewers on average, uh, including a 0.27 in the 18 to 49 rating. That is the highest 18 to 49 and total viewership since the debut episode on June 17th. So, AW Collision. That is a number, man. If if you're doing that on Saturdays, you got to be jumping for joy if you're AEW and if you're Warner. That's a good-ass number.
3: Yeah, but they – I mean, this was – we knew based – you know, when they cut those promos on Dynamite, the first thing I said, and I've, I said this on tape, was, all right, they're popping a number on Saturday because those promos, particularly MJFs, were incredible. And it was the uh, right program, and it was also the right tone – the week before on Dynamite to, you know, I don't think the silliness would have worked that week, that week. You needed MJF to go out there and cut a serious promo on FTR. And he did. And, um, you know, those promos were great. And the match drew and really the whole collision, you know, the, the CM Punk, Ricky Stark segment drew as well. You know, that's kind of gotten lost in this is that segment did very well. The main event did very well. And some of the other segments obviously dipped a little, but yeah, it a really good number. I mean, that's going to be one of the best, better collision numbers in the, in the, in the, in the, in the near term. Yeah, You know, it's not good. You know, they, because they, they had a huge match and they built it well. And you know, that's what happens when you have a huge match and you build it well. So great number.
4: I think it was an, an awesome show too. I I, I wrote, um, I'm tr- we're it. trying to do a little bit more coverage of, of collision. So, Uh, It's always, you know, Saturdays are tough. Saturdays are going to be tough in the summer and, and, you know, the fall maybe open up a little bit. So in terms of like audio coverage on that, on on collision, I I don't know. That's... That's TBD like it's something that I'm, I'm sure we would love to do and we want to do on, on our patreon but it's, it's not as easy you know to do you know Saturday nights and you know Sunday mornings are always kind of tricky too we'll, we'll figure out something especially in the fall I can definitely figure out something but uh, you know I watched that episode and I was compelled to say hey I, I got some stuff that I want to say about this I can't really sit down and do an audio show. Uh, but I'll sit down and write about it a little bit. So I did a written review, not necessarily match by match, segment by segment review, more kind of, hey, here's my that's thoughts. That's boring about- anyway. Yeah, that's exactly. That's Nobody boring. wants to read that shit. And you can go read that in a bunch of other places uh, as well. All Are the sites old- I just buried. Well, and and I was going to say, I'm, I'm not going to bury this one. Uh, Sue Williams, who obviously is a, is a writer for our site. Uh, does that for f4wonline.com every Saturday night. So if you want a a, a breakdown of everything happening on the show, suit does a fantastic job of that over at f4wonline.com, but you know, I'm trying to write it from the standpoint of, okay, you all know what happened on the show, but let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about what this meant, what it could mean and all that sort of stuff. And I thought there was a lot of different stuff on that episode of Collision. I mean, I I am really I'm all in on Collision. I I I I love the show. I think it's a very it's a welcome change. Um, for the AW, you know, just in general. And that's nothing against, like, I, I'm not as down on, on some aspects of Dynamite as maybe you are or or other people are. I think most of Dynamite is still fine. And, and most of it is okay. There's one or two segments every week that's just kind of like, oh, Jesus Christ. But, you know, Collision does not have any of that. Collision's got exactly the type of wrestling that I want. It it, it It's very... It's very basic, it's very simple in that sense. It's promos, it's matches, and that's it. And that's and and you're pretty much guaranteed, at least from the, you know, the standpoint of thus far, you're gonna get a good main event. Like that, that, you're gonna get a solid as hell main event. It's gonna go multiple segments. It's gonna last, you know, 20 minutes plus for sure. And yeah, that, that, I look forward to that. It's like, all right, cool. I'm gonna know I'm gonna get that. And it's like, you're, I'm not saying that you're not getting that on Dynamite, but there's something comforting about a collision. You kind of know what every episode of Collision is gonna be. You're gonna start the show off. People are gonna cut those promos backstage looking at the camera. You're gonna get a match. You're gonna get a promo. You're gonna get a match. You're gonna get a promo. And then you're gonna get this big time main event. And that's fine by me, man. You know what I mean? That, I, I, I like a very simple wrestling show sometimes and a Collision is definitely doing that and and yeah it's been it's been a very good show and and in that write up that I did I compared it to where Rampage was at this time and we talked about that you know when Collision got announced is can they resist can AEW re- resist the temptation to just make this another show and then you know now knowing that it's going to be the CM Punk show for 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 all intents and purposes and it's going to probably be the FTR show for a lot of the time as well and other guys are going to come and go and come and go or whatever but if it's gonna be the Punk show, and Punk's gonna hang around, that's gonna that's gonna be a show that's going to matter. It's just gonna have to matter because he's on that show because he matters, and no matter what he's doing, it, he matters. And there's enough guys on the show that do matter. And just overall, like you can tell from the booking and the way the show is still being thought about and 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 internally discussed and booked or whatever, that this is not Rampage, which is good. Like and and I didn't think it was gonna be Rampage, but now we have the body of evidence that you know seven or eight shows in this thing is not Rampage. Because Seven rate shows into Rampage, we were already starting to see Rampage. You know, it's like, you had the Punk episode in episode two, you had a few episodes here and there. Um, You know, you had a couple episodes, You know, and then there was that brief Mox period where they had Moxley on Rampage for like two weeks straight, or three weeks straight or whatever, and it was like, okay, Rampage matters again, and then it didn't matter again, and now Rampage is whatever it is. Now, I didn't think Collision was going to be there, but I like that now we can, I think, pretty definitively consider that Collision is not going to be Rampage now in a year i don't know if punk gets hurt i don't know i you know who knows but at the end of the day collision does feel like it is truly not a b show not a c show but a but but feels right now like a 1a 1b show with dynamite and and dynamite still obviously being the 1a it being the, the flagship show of the of of the promotion but collision feeling like a very important 1b show as well and that that it's made it Appointment television for me. I, I'm not missing an episode of Collision. That happened very quickly with Dynamite, or, or, or Rampage, where it was like episode four or five. I was like, all right, I, I don't think I need to watch this unless somebody tells me I have to watch it. That's not the case of Collision. Collision's an every week watch, for sure.
3: Yeah, they've done a great job, but we talked about it last week or whatever week that was. The one thing I'll say is CM Punk, I uh, uh, if I were Tony Khan, um, and I know it's delicate trying to uh, corral CM Punk, but uh, I would pull him aside and I would tell him to cut the shit with the colliders with the collider stuff. Don't encourage a split of your audience. Don't encourage the tribalism between your own fans. I think that's a there, there's zero upside to that. And I don't understand why, you know, and I guess Punk is really, you know, it's Punk and FTR. Those are the ones doing this shit. And it's like, you know, why are you encouraging division among your fans? You know, it's, it's, it it should be all AEW. You know, it's unfortunate that all these adults can't figure out a way to get along and we have to sequester them away from each other. That's pathetic to begin with. But, you know, why encourage the fans and why encourage this divide? You know, Punk really needs to get off Instagram posting about colliders. No, just knight, stop right there.
4: You know, <laughs> Wait, hold on. Start your sentence with Punk just needs to get off Instagram. Is probably the way to go.
3: Uh, you know, it's like, I understand Punk wants to work with these guys. They don't want to work with you, man. And I wish they did want to work with you. I think we all do. But, but, I understand why they wouldn't want to work with you. And you just have to accept that. And, This passive-aggressive shit and dividing the audience and encouraging the divide of the audience is something where if I were – if it was my company, I would nip that in the butt and put a stop to that. I see no benefit.
4: Right. Even if you had – would you say even if you had a long-term – even if you said in a year's time we are doing this and everybody knows it and everybody's sort of on the page of knowing that we're going to do this, it's still probably not a good idea to to go that far with the story to have people – you know, the crowd divided in terms of what show versus the show a versus show B or whatever. Like even, even if like the long term plan is to have an elite versus punk and FTR match or whatever, or feud or whatever. I I still think that that's probably not the direction I would go is having, you know, a member of my roster. Try to say that my show is different than that show or it's just a little strange
3: a difference fine but it's like this whole thing like oh we have our fans and they are collider like, yeah yeah on. yeah
4: it's it's dork.
3: It's, it, it's, it's, it's 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 already a situation where this fan divide was going to exist but why encourage it to exist i i just do not see the upside so that's something i would put a stop to but yeah i my you know collision's a great show i you know i think it's you know, for all the reasons we talked about last week, it's just it's it's different than dynamite. And that's a good thing. It's different in good ways. And I really like both shows and I'm glad that they both exist.
4: So that's collision. Uh, of course, uh, I, I will. Uh, we'll keep our coverage going on on on, on patron Again, we don't I, I can't guarantee what it's going to be moving forward. But written stuff, audio stuff, we'll, we'll, we'll cover it. We'll cover it as much as we can. It, it's probably never going to be a weekly thing that we do I and mean, who knows it might be but yeah it's hard to, it's hard to say for sure so uh you know people saying hey you guys gotta, gotta cover collision why don't you cover collision like you know we, we, we watch collision we know but
3: here's the here's the thing here's the thing i've said nothing when people have asked me because if i'm gonna do a collision review of some type i'm not committing to it until i know i could do it every week right exactly without fail and
4: like this I week, I can't. To... <laughs> so if I did an audio show last week and said, "All right, welcome to the Collision Weekly Reviews or whatever," and then this week I can't do it, so it's like, well, that sucks. It's not what I'm going to do. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I, I you know,
3: and it's like because if you say you're going to do something and you want people to listen to it, you have to do it, and especially and and uh, forget asking people to pay you to do something. I mean, you know, leave that part of it even out of it. If I say I'm going to do something. Um, If I say I'm going to do this show every week, I'm going to do this fucking show every week. If I say I'm going to cover Dynamite every week, I'm going to cover Dynamite every week on that review. I'm not going to pop in and out and do collision, you know, at my convenience or when I can squeeze in it. No, if if I'm going to do it, if I'm going to start doing it, it's because I know I can do it every single week without fail for fucking who knows how long. So I don't feel like doing it anymore. Or it's not something that I feel like people want or need anymore, and right now I just can't. So, well, maybe that will change next week. Maybe that will change next month. Maybe that—I I don't know. But um, I've thought about it, you know. But I—I I just, you know, I'm not—I—I I, I have to know I can do it every single right. week into Same. perpetuity if I'm going to commit to it.
4: Right. So you, you'll get stuff, you know, for now. But yeah, we we can't guarantee uh, every single week of that. But uh, Thursday diamond reviews you can guarantee. Uh, flex your Patreon.com/slash/Voices of Wrestling, and uh, yeah, 200 Dynamite just went off the air, so that will be uh, tomorrow on the Thursday uh, Dynamite reviews. I think you're going to like the show, Joe. I think uh, I think you'll enjoy uh, Old Dynamite 200, but uh, that is a discussion for another day. Let's talk about. Uh, let's get into the world of WWE, <laughs> or do you want to do G, do you, uh, you want to do G1? Maybe you need a break. Maybe you need I want to
3: do. I want to do WWE last. I
4: yeah, let's 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 put them last. I In, can't stomach it. Including I, the Vince McMahon stuff, we will, we will do that last. So I uh, <laughs> you didn't have I to watch NXT for the record. I said I would watch NXT. You did not have to, and then you did. I
3: I don't know. I've got to I have to really sit down and think about what I want to do moving forward with WWE because it uh, it makes me unhappy. I, I hate it so much that I don't know if it's productive to even come on here and talk about it. I, I hate it. I don't dislike it. I I think the entire company is fucking trash. I can't stand anything about it. NXT is the worst fucking thing I've ever seen in pro wrestling. I've said <laughs> that show many times. That was not good at all. And, this, and believe me, this great American bash did not change my mind. It was awful. I hate the way it's presented and everything. I just I, I can't anymore. And I don't want to be that guy, I guess. I, I don't know. We'll we'll get there when we get we'll, there. We'll let's get there just, when we get there. Yeah. Let, mean, let, please let, please let. do New Japan instead. <laughs> yes,
4: absolutely. I, I sensed your uh I could sense you tensing up as I mentioned, WWE. So let's 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 move on to uh uh New Japan for wrestling. G1 climax scenarios. We are down to the final. Stretch. We have August 5th and August 6th in Osaka, August 8th, August 9th, August 10th, August 12th, and then finally August 13th in Sumo Hall with the quarterfinals being August 10th, semifinals being August 12th, and August 13th being the finals of the G1 climax. So we're, we're, we're only got a couple more shows there, a few more. Uh, the the full on block shows, right? The, the three hour, eight match things, those are done now, right? We're, we're going to single block shows are uh, moving the forward. Eight,
3: yeah, the the 8 match uh round robin shows are over. Those are done. Uh we there is one round robin match left for each wrestler at this point and those what I call the block finals are their own individual shows. Saturday is Saturday and Sunday in Osaka, the old yep. bodymaker number 1 um is the A block and the B block respectively and the final four matches of each block the final four matches of the A block are Saturday. The final four matches of the B block is uh, is Sunday. All right. Someone in – right, I, I, I have to address this because I'm fucking pissed off. Someone in the chat is saying WWE is bad, but so is NWA, and you watch that. Don't tell me what to watch. This is my show. This is my show.
4: Yeah, we're in a jukebox. You don't get to pay I, and then uh, say what we do.
3: Hit we the bricks then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will watch – and let me tell you something. NWA does not infuriate me the way WWE does. It doesn't. It just doesn't. And I will keep watching that. And I, I will review it every... You know what? Try me. I'll review that. Fu- I'll review Power every week here.
4: <laughs> Hold on. Now.
3: Try me. Hold on. Try me. I did not agree to this. Try me. I don't want to hear it. Because I review an NWA pay-per-view four times a year in the last 15 minutes of the show. Give me a break.
4: Also, we have to, because if we don't, me. nobody will.
3: Yeah, who else is reviewing NWA? Okay? Well, you think we're opening with it? I do it in the last 15 minutes of the show, and I'm half asleep. All right? You can live with it. And, by the way, this is my show. All right. We I'm going to review whatever what want. I want to review. Exactly. That's the bottom line. That annoyed me. Um... A block Saturday. We're outside. not doing the power
4: thing, are we? <laughs> because I, don't, I do not want to do that. Fucking try me, Rick. <laughs> I know. I do not want to try you. Fucking try me. <laughs> I do not want to do weekly power reviews, please.
3: Um B block Sunday in Osaka. Final 4 B block matches. Uh the Advancement scenarios are actually quite simple. <laughs> Uh-oh.
4: <great. laughs> now, do you mean that in, in earnestly or like, oh, it's really quite simple, and then you're going to spend 25 minutes telling me about the scenario? No,
3: they they are quite simple. Okay. A block. Listen, I, I promise you they're simple. Okay. All right. Okay? Let's start with B block, the simplest of all. Okay. Yeah, sure. Great Okan, Kenta, and Yoshihashi are double red-xed. They are out. Oh, At six points, we have Taichi, Tangaloa, and El Fantasmo. Rich, Taichi and Tangaloa are eliminated. Oh. Some people might think they're alive, but they're not. They have no scenario to advance.
4: So no, we'll no. no and there's no, even with a decision match, even with any, there's no way they get through.
3: There is no, they are mathematically eliminated. They're out. Um, Okada has locked up a spot in the playoff. He's in first place with 10 points. He has not, however, locked up the number one seed coming out of the B block. I'll get to that in a second. Will Ospreay is alive with eight points. El Fantasmo is alive with six points. Fantasmo wrestles Will Ospreay. And it is very simple for Will. If he wins, he locks up a quarterfinal berth. If he loses... He's out. Mm. Didn't I tell you this was simple? Yep. Will Osprey wins. He moves on. If he loses, he's out.
4: Mm. That's an interesting result there. I don't know because we talked about that originally when, when we looked at those guys being booked that, you know, Will, this seems like a really good opportunity for Will to put Fantasmo over and Fantasmo to get that big spot or whatever. Maybe we're working ourselves into a shoot there, but that, I don't know. That seems.
3: No, 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 sir. Because if ELP defeats Will Osprey, he has the head-to-head win, and they have the same amount of points, and he advances.
4: That's what I'm saying. Do you think and they get Taichi crazy? and
3: Tangaloa are out regardless.
4: Do they get crazy with El Fantasma here? Moving forward,
3: we'll see. Now, hmm. the only other scenario in play is the number one seed. If Will Osprey defeats El Fantasma, Okada and Osprey advance. Will can then get the number one seed if Okada loses to Tangaloa. That's it. Simple. So Okada needs to win to lock up the one seed. An Okada win or a Will Ospreay loss clinches number one seed for Okada. And the Will Ospreay ELP thing is straightforward. That's it for your B block. Didn't I tell you this was easy?
4: It's not bad. Yeah. I, I, I've got my head. I don't know. I got some headcanon here about El Fantasmo over Osprey. I don't know why. Because we talked about last week if you want to move somebody, like somebody's got to be non chalk that, that goes forward. I guess we'll talk about them throughout that. But yeah, I mean, the easy answer is Okada and Osprey move forward uh, and Osprey just beats Fantasmo. But I don't know. That that could be an interesting spot for Fantasmo too to beat him and, and, and move forward. But we'll see. Yeah.
3: So A block. You ready for the A block? Yeah little more complicated, but I still think easy to understand. Sonata has clinched a playoff berth and has also clinched the number one seed. So we don't worry about him. Sonata is your number one seed out of the A block. Sonata can decide on Saturday to simply not show up to wrestle Chase Owens. He could take the night off. He can go bang his girlfriend. He can go have a nice dinner. He can show up and then just, when the bell rings, take a powder like Honky Tonk Man and get counted out. Do whatever he wants. He's your number one seed out of the A block. Simple enough, Krejci? Yeah. Uh, we have three men with six points. Hikoleo, Shota Aminu, and Kato Kiyomiya. We'll get to them in a second. Gabe Kidd and Yota Suji have five points. They're both out. Damn. There are some people that will tell you they can get to seven. They're alive. They are not. There is no scenario in which Gabe Kidd or Yota Suji can advance. You're just going to have to trust me on that. They're out. Uh, well,
4: because everybody Renarita. else would have to be no contest, right? <laughs> like you have to have Hikuleo. Okay,
3: let me address that. Yeah, no contests don't exist until I see New Japan do
4: one. Right, when they do one, okay.
3: If someone can point to me the last time New Japan did a no contest in a G1 match, or or New Japan did a match in a G1 where both competitors left the match with zero points, that's when I'll start factoring no contest into these things. Until then, I don't want to hear about your no contest. Because there's no evidence that they exist. I don't know what... If there was a double count out or double DQ, I don't know the precedent for that. They might give them both one point like it's a draw. And neither does anybody else, by the way. Nobody knows. So, I don't worry about no contest until I see them do one. So I'm glad you brought that up. Rennerita and Chase Owens also have four points, and they're also both out. It's funny, all the hand-wringing over Chase Owens, he's in last place and he's going to lose the Sonata, and he's going to finish in last place. <laughs> right. And everybody was, oh, I'm Chase Owens, oh, my God. Oh, what a travesty. He's beating me. He's in last place. So it also ran. Anyway.
4: And, and Kaito Kume and Gabe Kidd did do did, – now, did they – I forget. What were the points? How'd that go, the point differentials between those guys when they did that DQ? Didn't they they did one this year, right?
3: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What are the um, points
4: – right. what did they do the break points breakdown for this one? I don't for know. what? Whatever. Uh the gay kid uh Kaito Kiyomiya. Well, that that, that was a double count Double out, right? count out, draw. Right, right, right.
3: Yeah, they called it a draw. All right. So um here's the advancement scenarios for the three guys with six points. Hikuleo is the simplest. If he wins, he is the number two seed. It's as simple as that. If Hikuleo defeats Shota Minu, he is your number two seed. Nothing else that happens all night matters. How about that, Rich, for
4: simplicity? That is very simple. Okay. Very simple. Um, Shota Aminu. I was going to say, but what if Shota wins?
3: He needs to win. And then he needs Kato Kiyomiya to lose. And then he is a clear advance with eight points. And uh, Kato and Hikaleo will have six. And he will move on. But there is a second scenario for Show Dun, dun, dun. All right, what do you got? If he wins and Kato Kiyomiya wins, we've got an unbreakable tie. Uh-oh. We've got an unbreakable tie because they had a draw against one another.
4: Who's so that, Kiyomiya? No I, I forget if you said Who's Kiyomiya facing on his final day?
3: Kato Kiyomiya is facing Ren Narita. Mm, okay, all right. So that's the other scenario in play. Now, in 2009, when they had an unbreakable tie, they did a coin flip. Okay, it was Togi Makabe, and I can't remember the other guy. Someone in the chat will have it. But me and Chris Samsa talked about this. I don't think they're doing a coin flip, Rich. I think they would do a decision match. And oh, how convenient. There's another show the next night in the same building that you can put. A potential Shota Aminu, Kato Kiyomiya decision match. I think that's what they're going to do.
4: What do you think? I think so. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to do it because Kiyomiya can easily beat Narita. I, I think you, if if you're Noah, I would hope. Jesus Christ, I would hope if you were Noah that you at least want if Kiyomiya is not going to get through to the end of the block. And, and and be the semifinals of the block. Maybe you don't want to go that far with him. And I get that. I get that. If you're New Japan for wrestling, you might not want that. But if they don't at least have him in a decision match, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, that I would have at least negotiated that if I was Wrestling. No. And I hope that they did. That makes sense to me. That, that is a, and that's a good match. That's a match you can draw with. That's a match they can use in the future. That that's a, I would like that. I, I think that's probably the best way to go with that said. Now they're obviously going to do the opposite and they're going to make us look like idiots, but that just seems like it works, right?
3: So the 2009, it was Togi Makabe and Tanahashi tied for first and they had a draw in their match and they did a coin flip. That was the opponent. So I, I, yeah, I don't think they're doing a coin flip. I think it makes a lot of sense. Here's the thing. I don't think Hikaleo is, I think Hikaleo is going to lose. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to put Hikaleo through. For two reasons. Number one, it's Ikaleo. Number two, why they're gonna bring Kato Kiyomiya into this thing and just he's not even gonna advance. He to just the yeah, he final? just
4: finishes, you know, in the middle of the pack in the A-block. Yeah, there, there's no way. And like I said, I, I I don't know if like Noah was like, no, he's gotta, you know, win his block and he's gotta go to the finals, all that sort of stuff. Like I doubt they asked for that, but I think they probably at least said, Hey, can we can we get what's the best you can do for us? What's the best we can do here? And I think an offer match or a decision match, I should say is probably the best way. Even if he loses that decision match, that's still a big-time spot. And and it would be remembered as, hey, he 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 tied, got there, almost got to the semifinals or whatever, the quarterfinals or whatever, and then, you know, it, I, that'd be fine with me too, if, if I was Noah and if I was Kiyomiya. That, that's not bad booking.
3: Yeah, so I think they're going to do that. They're going to... I think you're going to end up with Shota beating Hikaleo. I think Kato Kiyomiya is going to beat Narita, and then we're going to have this tie... And I think the decision match is on the table. I think that's what fans would want to see. Or they're just going to be like, fuck pro wrestling, Noah. Renarita <laughs> beats, beats Kato Kiyomiya. And then the winner of Hiko Shota Aminu, goes through. And here's the thing. I want to say this. If that happens and Keito Kiyomiya <laughs> loses to Renarita or Keito Kiyomiya doesn't advance, Okay. I don't want to hear a word from the deep Pearl nerds or the Noah fans. Oh, it's over. Yeah, it's over. About how New no, 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 that's not where I'm going. About how New Japan uh booked him so poorly and they, he didn't even get out of his block and this is a disgrace. The heat should not be on New Japan in that scenario. The heat should be on pro wrestling Noah. Because if pro wrestling if New Japan comes to, if New Japan comes to them and says, "Yeah, we'll put this guy in the tournament, but here's the thing," He's finishing in fourth place in his block, <laughs> and they said, "Ah, oh, sure, <laughs> no problem." That's on Noah to say, "Well, no, we are not right, this right, guy right. in it." Then we're, you're not going to embarrass him like that. You have to treat him with some dignity and respect, or we're not. Or the deal's off. That's on Noah. That's not New Japan's problem. That is not New Japan's problem. Blame his home promotion if that plays out that way. And here's the thing: his home promotion doesn't give a fuck about him anyway. They book him worse than this. All right, he won the N1 last year. Nevertheless, Rich.
4: Oh, yeah, and he's like, you know, lengthwise, one of the longest reigning, you know, GCW, uh, GHC, not GCW, GHC, heavyweight champions. Uh, you know, yeah, 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 but it's like, yeah.
3: No, but you get the idea. In between they all that.
4: A- yeah, in, in between all that. Well, what's interesting is like, you know, from New Japan's standpoint, I guess Noah's standpoint, too, thinking about, you know, the logistics of this, you have Kiyomiya and Okada right there if you want to have it happen, right? Yes. Yes. You kind of probably should do that match, but you
3: can you can do, yeah, at some point once we get to the tournament portion, you can absolutely it, you know, whether it's the final, the semifinal, you can get to Okada versus Kiyomiya, which, isn't that the whole point of bringing Kiyomiya to the I would think tournament?
4: so. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what I was saying is like, I like the idea of doing a decision match. And if that's the best you can do for Kiyomiya, that's the best you can do for Kiyomiya, but you have Okada and Kiyomiya right there. Like that's the match to do. I don't see any reason why, why you wouldn't do that. I, I don't see any reason why Noah wouldn't be okay with that. I don't see any reason why new Japan wouldn't be okay with that. Like there's to me, that has to be the play. Like that has to be the play. And, and, it, it's I don't know. Like it, it seems like there was probably an easier way to get to that path. But I think if you want to have that decision match and you want it to be a big moment where you know it, it's it's the Noah guy versus one of the New Japan you know New Three Musketeers and it's this guy goes through and this guy loses, like that's a cool moment. You could do that, but Jesus Christ, like you know, I I think you got to do Okada and Kiyomiya. But then I know that that's like Is Kiyomiya going to the final. That that seems like too much for me. So. I don't know. It's 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 strange. Like I I don't, I don't I'm fascinated how this next week plays out for Kiyomiya and and, and how it's even played. if
3: they well if they do the decision match even if he loses they could say all right well he didn't get knocked out right away he got to a playoff right right and I'm thinking yeah. that's compl-
4: that's fine but it, it does it you do lose out in the Okada Kiyomiya match that everybody was kind of thinking that you were gonna get which is, I mean you could do that match anytime you want. Here's
3: the thing: he's advancing. He's he's. This is a bold prediction since we don't know what they're really going to do. They might just flip the fucking coin for all I know. He might lose for all I know. I think he's winning, Shota's winning, and he's beating Shota. And New Japan has already protected Shota because he drew with him once.
4: Right, right, right. Now, now, when Kimia does that, though, I don't think – wouldn't he have to go to the finals to face Okada? Or I guess Okada would have to finish first in his block, right? Which –
3: well, yeah, we don't know if Okada going to finish first or second in his block. That's true. If
4: Will just beats Fantasmo, then oh, yeah, Okada's got the upset by Loa. Yeah, there you go, there you go. So that maybe that's that, the... yeah. okay. Fuck Del Fantasmo. We're done with that. that, that, that this is dream... why I'm saying like that dream's over. Will Will beat Del Fantasmo and, and 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 Okada? Who's Okada got in the last night? Tangaloa. Mm.
3: Now Tangaloa just beat Will night.
4: He's had some big upsets. Tangaloa, and it doesn't affect the scoring at all. It,
3: it... No, Tangalo was out regardless.
4: Right. So, so okay, maybe that's your play then. Is is have him get some two big scalps here, move Osprey to the top of the block, Okada second place. Then you get the Kiyomiya Okada in the semifinal, and then you know Okada, the can, because, Okada can beat him yeah. obviously, and 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 that's enough to to placate everybody. Probably.
3: Or maybe it's the final. Why I, I would yeah? Why I mean, I guess it's not
4: impossible that, that it'd be that would be very much play be, I, that New Japan books him better <laughs> than
3: no one. Does. Well, yeah, no, no. But, you know what the ideal scenario is? The ideal scenario is an Okada. Kato Kiyomiya final. And honestly, for the story, it makes more sense for Kato Kiyomiya to win. Yeah. Seriously. And th- then you have Kato Kiyomiya headlined to Tokyo Dome. And then you know why that, that's ideal? Because <laughs> then New Japan objectively books him better than
4: no one else. And then we will be right. And, the most important metric has, of all, we will be right about our arguments with 17 year old nerds on Twitter.
3: Right. In that New Japan did more to get the guy over in three weeks than Noah did in seven right. years. So that, you're right. The most
4: important thing is we would be right in that scenario. So okay, I like nothing
3: it. Nothing is more important than us being right. So <laughs> for that's our dumb what feud. I see <laughs> right? That's right. So that's your A block and your B block. Didn't I tell you this was easy?
1: Yeah, not bad.
3: you ready for the B block? I mean, the C and D blocks? Yes. So that will be, you take Monday off, you come back Tuesday in Kanagawa at the Yokohama Budokan for the uh, C block. And then Wednesday, next night, Shizuoka and the Act City Hamamatsu for the D block. Um, what do you want first, C block or D block?
4: Uh, let's go C. Let's go in order.
3: You want to go C? Yeah. Uh, C is very easy as well. They're all easy. For Finlay, this is very simple. It's a, well, I'll give you the standings. Finley, Evil, and Kingston have eight. Tamatanga and Shingo have seven. Mikey Nichols, Hanare, and Ishii are out. So we don't worry about Mikey Nichols, Hanare, or uh, Big tom So for Finley, actually, I'll make this very easy for you. For Evil or Finley, Finley faces Kingston. Evil faces Shingo. They win in they're in. Seating to be determined, but they win and they're in. Um, Kingston actually has uh, multiple paths here that those guys don't because Kingston is in with a win over Finley or a draw. Kingston doesn't even have to win. He can draw unless Uh-oh. Shingo and Evil also have a draw.
4: Draws a plenty. You got all that? I got it. So, so if if, yeah, there's. So if both them draw, what happens then? What are we doing?
3: Okay, if Kingston Finley, no Kingston, can advance with a draw, unless Unless. Shingo and Evil also draw.
4: Unless those guys draw too, yeah.
3: Finley advances with a win. Finley can also advance with a draw, but only if Shingo and Evil do draw.
4: So that's your answer. Oh, so if they both draw, then Finley's got it. Then Finley's then. Got it? Yep.
3: All right. So, Evil advances with a win. He has the simplest scenario of all. Shingo has a pretty simple scenario as well. He advances with a win and a Tamatanga loss. That's it. If Shingo wins and Tamatanga loses, it doesn't matter what Finley and Kingston do against one another. Got it, Rich? Got it, yeah. Tamatanga is alive, but here's what's interesting. he has no clear advancement scenario. Here's what I mean.
4: <laughs> so he's not dead but there's no scenario that lets him no 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 okay. he
3: has no clear he has no free and clear advancement listen for in order this is Tamatanga's only hope. he has to win combined with a shingo loss to evil and then what that gets Tamatanga is a play in scenario <laughs> with Shingo. Okay. Similar to Shota and K. Yeah, they they're
4: not doing that with uh Tama. I I could buy it with uh Kaito and Kiyomiya and uh and Shota I'm I'm not buying the Tamatanga Shingo Takagi playoff, but I don't know. I can't X him out though. He's not mathematically <laughs> he's, not done. Eliminated. he's not done. That that would be that would be a bold thing for them to do in the C Block, but who knows? You're right. It's not it's I, not impossible. It's not an X. You can't throw the X on there yet. I
3: can't, he's not mathematically eliminated. I can't X him out. Okay, because there's a there's a, that's actually he doesn't even need a million different outcomes. He just needs a win and a Shingo loss, and then he has to beat Shingo. at
4: the (laughs) the playoff, yeah.
3: Because remember, Tama and Tama Tonga and Shingo had a draw, so there's no you know, so they'd be tied for that second seed. Evil would advance, okay, and um, you know, so that that's that's what he would need for that. Now listen, there is a possibility. For three and four way ties, but I'm gonna make them simple for you. Eddie Kingston wins them all. So if you're if you're gonna ask me, oh, well, what about if they're this this draws <laughs> yeah, and this, this
4: guy okay. does this and that guy does that? It's it's all Eddie. If
3: there's any three or four-way ties, I've worked every one of them out and Eddie Kingston wins all of them. That's why Kingston advances with a win or a draw, unless Shingo and Evil also draw. Got all that?
4: Yes, sort of. I <laughs> Don't ask me
3: how, just accept my information okay, yes. because it's all right. Yes, <laughs> Trust me when I say it's all right. Okay, uh, you ready for D block?
4: Uh, yeah, let's do D block. Well, C block real quick. Uh, yeah. David Finley for sure. I think is going through. That makes all the sense in the world. I don't know about that second guy. That that could be that could be your wild card right there. Where Kingston, maybe you know, if you want a, a AEW connection, maybe they want him to at least to get to the semifinals or whatever. Evil isn't impossible. You cannot rule out evil. Tomatonga, like you said that scenario seems kind of wild I don't know if I'm predicting that one I don't know I I I think Finley is a lock for me I don't know about that second guy if you had to predict who who do you think moves through out of those other guys I I think Kingston maybe right
3: it could be it could easily be Kingston I think
4: Kingston works I think that that's probably the best scenario there
3: yeah yeah um you ready for d block
4: let's do d block this one looks like it's gonna be trouble is it not? not trouble at all okay
3: it's actually very simple um Cobb, Naito, and Zack Sabre Jr. each have eight points. uh, Tanahashi and Goto have six. They're all alive. Everyone else is out. That would be um, Coglin, Yano, and Haste with four points each. They're done. Here are the scenarios for each man. If Cobb wins, he's in. He wins the block. If Naito wins, he's in and he advances. Cobb is facing Haste. Naito is facing Tanahashi. So it's very simple for Cobb and Naito. They win and they move on. Zach Sabre Jr., who also has eight points. The problem with Zach is he lost to Cobb and Naito. So he needs to win. And then he needs Cobb or Naito to lose or draw. Got it? Yes. Pretty simple for him. He needs a win. And one of those two guys who beat him to lose or draw. Tanahashi. He has six points. He needs to win combined with a Jeff Cobb win combined with a Goto win over Zack Sabre Jr.
4: Okay. That's not if impossible. You, Who's Cobb got? Sorry. I forget if you mentioned that. Cobb has haste. Okay. Now, that Okay.
3: Okay. Okay. If you want to know why, it's because he needs that exact combination for tiebreaker purposes in order to win a tiebreaker. I'm not going to get into the nuts and bolts of it. You're just going to have to trust me. A Tanahashi win with a Jeff Cobb win and a Hiroki Goto win. And Tanahashi is your two seed and Jeff Cobb is your one seed. Got it? Got it. Yeah. Hmm. And now Goto, he is in the same boat Uh as Tanahashi. where The G in G1 stands for Goto. Let's do it. Yeah, he needs a specific combination of outcomes.
4: Through the curtain.
3: To have a fate yeah, to have a favorable tiebreaker that he can win. And here are those outcomes. He needs to win. Okay. Tetsuya Naito needs to beat Tanahashi. Okay. And Jeff Cobb needs to lose to Shane Haste. Mm. And Hiroki Goto will be your two I
4: hmm. I don't love the odds for my man Goto there. <laughs> that seems tough. I feel like I feel like Cobb's probably beating Shane Haste. Um, so, I think Cobb is advancing. I think that one's going to be nice and simple. That next guy, man, I don't know. It's, it, the easiest scenario is Naito beats Tanahashi and he moves forward, right? What, yes. what is Saber? Sorry, what was Saber's path? He has to beat.
3: He, has, he needs a win over Goto, and then Cobb or Naito have to lose or draw.
4: Wait, so Saber's facing Goto or Goto's facing. Oh, Saber's right. facing Goto. Saber's facing Goto. Okay. Okay.
3: Saber needs a win, and he needs Cobb or Naito to lose.
4: I don't think both those guys are losing. I, I think Sabres, I don't think he's going through. I think it's just going to be Cobb so, and Naito. I, I, I think that's the easiest plan, but I think that's probably the plan that's going to be.
3: Now, someone out there is probably saying, what if there's a five-way tie? <laughs> and let me tell you something. If Shane Haste beats Cobb, and Tanahashi beats Naito, and Goto beats Zack Sabre Jr., we have five men with eight points, Rich. Mm-hmm. I have worked that out. I can tell you exactly what would happen in that situation.
4: Please do. I'm excited.
3: Jeff Cobb, Tetsuya Naito, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Hiroki Goto would all be two and two against the other four men. Zack Sabre Jr. would be one and three. So the bottom line here is there's not going to be a five-way tie. Because they're not going to have a four man
4: mini tournament <laughs> going to say, Saber hit the bricks. Well, a four man mini tournament or just a a, 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 a fatal a nice four way, <laughs> fatal four way, Joe. Yeah. Actually, yeah.
3: Um, so, so they're going to uh, have yeah, you are
4: going to have your Tamatonga, Shingo Takagi playoff, your fatal four way between Khab Naito Tanashi, and Goto, and then your, uh, your Shoto Umino Kaito Kiyomiya playoff as well. So yeah, that, that's. That's like the most ridiculous, right? Is like that. That's, I think that's as ridiculous as you can get. None of that's going to happen. Bottom line is they're not one of the one of those three is going to happen. It's probably going to be Kiumi and Shota, and those other things are probably not happening. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're deadlock even. Yeah, that's that's rough. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's not good. It's Kamen Naito, right? It is. uh, Well, what do you think? I think it's Kamen Naito. It's the least sexy of them because it's just like they win and then they move on. But that that's that seems like the clearest way to do it. Yeah, well, I, 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 Tanahashi, I don't know. I don't know if I need him. I don't know if I need Jeff Cobb losing to Shane Hayes, but I don't know. Stranger things have happened, so I uh, will see. So that is the D block. That is the scenarios there. Uh, nice job, nicely uh, nicely they're done.
3: Easy. I think they're very easy.
4: Um, I'm sure people I mean will that. say you're wrong, but I, I think you've you've spent your time. Right, you, you've you've sat down, plotted this out. That's right. You've done. Yes. You've been in this game for a long time too. Long time. G one math. I can I can get into the nuts and bolts of some of these and
3: explain to you why people are eliminated that are already. I mean, you know, I get into all the tie scenarios that I have. Late, but you know, I gave everyone. See, you know how I did it. NFL style, they don't give you every single scenario of advancement. They tell you the clearest scenario of advancement for each team. This team needs to win, and this team needs to lose, and this team's in. That's what I gave you for every guy that's alive. What they need to do to move on in the cleanest way. And I really don't think a lot of these are that complicated. The big question is, are they going to do a decision match in that A block? Maybe they'll just flip the fucking coin and send Cato home because he called heads. <laughs> right.
4: Sorry. Sorry, pal. It was tails. And he goes, ah. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Ah. Nuts. Darn. <laughs> ah. Peanuts. All right. All right. Well. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks everybody for having me. <laughs> you know. And he's wearing his right. robe or whatever. He comes in the ring and he's got his robe on. They flip right. the coin. Ah. Nuts. All right. Well. <laughs> thanks everybody. Bye. Ah, well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. You win some. You lose some. You know. You live by the coin. You die by the coin. All right. Well. See you. I gotta yes. go. That would stink. Yeah, don't do that. I think they should have a match, but uh, we'll see what ends up happening. So there you go. That is the G1 Climax Scenarios. Uh, again, final stretch here. Daily D- G1 audio reviews of every single show on our $5 tier at FlagshipPatreon.com Patreon.com slash wrestling and VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Patreon. Just a few more left to go. I know the finals you usually don't do because you and I do that on, on this show. So... I think you have, what, one, two, three, four, four, uh, five, six shows left to go on the yes. Daily G1 Audio, right? And then we'll do the final, obviously, on, on this show. Yes. If that works out for August 13th. When is that? That yeah, works out perfectly. Yep, next Sunday. Perfect. So we will do that. Yeah, we'll do the final review on uh, on the flagship. But uh, you get, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five, six more shows on the Daily G1 Audio. Flagshippatreon.com. All right, so. update. I am being told I misspoke.
3: Oh. You told me to trust you. Ta- Tamatanga. Well, I'm going to read this right off my notes here. Tamatanga needs to win, and Shingo also needs to win to force the Tamatanga Shingo play in. I am told I said Shingo needs to lose. So maybe I misspoke, maybe I didn't. Here's what my notes say My notes say that Tamatanga must win, and Shingo must win. And then those two men will have nine. Okay. Evil will have eight because he will have lost to Shingo. And then the winner of Finley Kingston will be the one seed at 10. And the loser of Finley Kingston will be out because they will have eight and Tama and Shingo will have nine. And then Tama and Shingo would have to have the plan. Got it? Yes. I'm only repeating all that and going into detail because in the chat... I looked at the chat and Sean Sedor says I misspoke and said that, ta- that Shingo needed to lose to Evil. That's If I said that, that's wrong. Shingo needs to beat Evil. That would knock Evil out. That would put Tama and Shingo at nine. That would put the loser of Finley Kingston at eight. And it would advance the winner of Finley Kingston. And then the winner of the Tama-Shingo decision match would be the two seed. So if I misspoke, if Sean is correct, there is the official correction.
4: There you go. All right. There you go. Anything else? Any, any other corrections? I think that was it. I think that's all we heard from the we'll, – we'll get some people that I'm sure will –
3: Well, no one's doing anything else. Look, I know everything I said was right <laughs> because I have gone over this with a fine-tooth comb. And um, But if I misspoke, that is the uh, – and if I didn't misspeak, you got all of that twice now. So there you go.
4: So congratulations. There you go. G1 Climax scenarios. There you go. Daily G1 Audio, flagship patreon.com, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, and voices of slash Patreon. All right, let's go to the world of Mexico with this uh, report from Lucha Blog and Cubs fan that Bandito and very likely to follow Gravity uh, and several other people are done with the Big Lucha promotion. So, a hastily put together losing team must disband match happened last week uh, in Big Lucha. Bandito lost that match and that was designed to write him out of the promotion. Now, as Cubs fan of Lucha Blog points out, people long assumed that Big Lucha was Bandito's promotion, that Bandito was the leader of, or the the, the money behind it or whatever he was behind Big Lucha. That is not the case. As Cubs fans points out, he owned a share of the gym that helped train the people in Big Lucha, not the majority of the gym, though, and had no part in the promotion itself. He wasn't the booker. He wasn't the head trainer. He had nothing else to do with it. He was just a performer and owned a small share of the gym in which they train people as well. So, uh, per Cubs fan, Bandito and Lucha Blanc, the actual Lucha, the Lucha, the Big Lucha owner, had a falling out over the direction of the promotion. Bandito attempted a coup to get others to leave with him and start a new promotion, but that failed, and now he is done, and he is out of Big Lucha, and presumably Gravity, his brother, to follow very soon after.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of people thought that... that this promotion belongs to Bandito. I know I thought that.
4: Well, yeah, and Cubs fan even says that kind of was by design. Like, this owner that was in charge of it didn't really – his name is still not really public. I think he's just kind of this money guy that's behind it, and he wanted everyone to think that this was Bandito's promotion big Lucha for whatever reason. I mean, it's, it's probably, I mean, you could probably sell more tickets if it's like, Hey, bandito, he's the guy that runs this thing or whatever, not me. Uh, but yeah, he, he was not the money behind the promotion. He was not the guy behind the promotion. He wasn't the booker. He wasn't the trainer. He wasn't any of that. And I long thought that he was as well. So I, I was wrong about that too. And and it yeah, seems perk Lucha blog Cubs fan. Like everybody kind of thought this, you know, it, it wasn't, oh, yeah. it wasn't very well known that he wasn't in charge of this.
3: And it wasn't his gym either. And, they, they, there were some tea leaves. If you know, they changed the name of the gym from Bandito's Gym to Big Lucha Gym or something like that a few weeks back, which kind of was a tip off that something might have been coming here. But, um, you know, apparently there's a lot of heat that Gravity got all those AEW bookings. Um, you know, so that what they did, they did an impromptu, uh, elimination match with all the units where the losing unit had to, it was basically loser leave town. And, Golden Guns, which is Bandito's unit, ended up losing the match, and that's how they they wrote the guys out of the company. The the problem is that was the top babyface unit in the company and had like all the big stars: Bandito, Commander, uh Gravity, uh, Galino Del Mal, who got had the breakout at WrestleMania weekend, um, Ray Horus, and um some other local guys were part of Golden Guns and you know that's a lot of talent to be gone. You know if all those guys are gone from the promotion, and then, you know, I think Cubs even said that there's a chance that some other stragglers might back Bandito and and leave the promotion too. So, I don't know what that really leaves them with. Obviously, uh, Flamita is still there, and he uh, you uh, did know, you see he
4: like... left AAA. It said or or something's going on with Flamita. Let me see what the, what the exact it was it was coming up earlier today. Let me figure out what the news was with him, but. Um, something's going on. He exited triple a he's done with triple a. Yeah. So I don't know what that means for him, but everybody, everybody comes and goes from triple a at some point in their careers. And then they're back not long they, after. So who knows?
3: They still have Jack Evans and his, um, and his unit is still there too. That, that was the primary feud that golden guns were in for a while. There It was with, you know, Jack, Jack Evans, the Jack Evans feud with gravity is what put gravity on the map for me. That's, that's, that was my first exposure. Cause I am a, uh, casual big lucha viewer, and that feud um, from earlier this year, and I think it may have started the end of last year, was um, you know Jack Evans, you know had a bunch of matches with Gravity, and you know it's I I forget the name of his is, is it is it Evans Goon or what the fuck is it called? i No one what it's called. But he, the problem now is all the stables that are left behind are heel stables. That's another problem the promotion has. They're either going to have to. Do a bunch of baby face turns or something, or you know, come up with something um because now the problem is the, the their top baby face unit and all the top baby faces were in golden guns and they're the ones who lost the match and they're the ones that are out. So um, you know, that's not good from that standpoint. But um, yeah, it's a big hit for the promotion. But, you know, you hope that, you know, now I don't even know that that gravity is even has an AEW deal or not. I mean, I know he worked some shots, but he didn't never got the graphic. Um, you know, I thought he looked well enough in, in the matches that he worked for them. So I, you know, if it were me, there would be some interest there, but Oh, Loco Evans. That's what his group is called. Uh, local, uh, the, the Jack Evans group. That's, uh, Jack Evans and a bunch of, of, uh, of local guys. Um, Bunch of local heels in that group. In fact, I'm pulling it up on Cage Match, and no one else in the stable even has a Cage Match profile. Oh boy! Tell you how local they are. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yes. (laughs) Um, you know, but it's a it's a Mexican indie. I mean, you know, it's they're gonna use guys that you know aren't. It's
4: not as big. Yeah, the name does. uh The name says Big Lucha, but they they ain't that big. So (laughs) they're all the
3: star. Most of the stars were in Golden Guns. You know, and that that's kind of what the problem is here. But um. I, it, to me, it was shocking because I'm one of those people who thought it was Bandito's promotion. So the fact that he's getting squeezed out, and the fact that he tried to like, you know, round up the boys. To <laughs> right. Fucking All right. Split everyone's off. with me, right? And they're and, like, eh,
4: <laughs> not today. And then he didn't
3: have a money backer either. Like it's just, well, where are we going? Like, like the, the, obviously this promotion had a money backer that wasn't Bandito. Like you can't just start something up without a without a new money backer. You know. So that's that's a problem too. But. You know, as far as where all these guys fall or land in the landscape, you know, in terms of CMLL AAA, you know, that's that's probably better for someone else to speculate on than us. You know, uh, just keep an eye on Lucha blog, I guess, for that. But um,
4: probably a good time anyway, to bring it back to uh, AW, right? Been a while. Who for who? Bandito.
3: Oh, yeah, I know. When's the last time he even worked June.
4: AEW? I looked so, it up. I, mean, I looked up earlier today, June. He, he had a rampage, back-to-back rampages uh, in June was the last time he worked. Uh, but we they'd... know
3: he has a contract. Right. That's the thing. Like, we don't know that Gravity has any kind of deal with AEW. We don't know if it was just, you know, we know he worked a few ROH shots, and we know he was in for that weekend of the pay-per-view and then the TV. But we don't know if it was, all right, well, thanks for coming. Or, you know what I mean? Like, that guy is in flux right now. And, well, I know uh,
4: – so I know that Bandito has the injury, but I guess this was – I don't know. I don't know if he's ready from that yet. I, I do – I forgot about the injury for him. He, like, broke his wrist No, or I know, like that, but, so. what, but it,
3: the point is we know he has a contract. Right, right, right. Regardless of when or whether he wrestled or not, he's – we know that he's okay because he has a contract. Gravity, not so much. We don't know. Now we would think that – I don't know. Why wouldn't you just take him? I mean, unless – you're up against it with your talent budget. I mean, I thought he did a good job on the pay-per-view and on, you know, the TV match with Samoa Joe. And I think he's a guy you can you can, you know, sign as an underneath guy and and, you know, he's got talent. I mean, I I, you know, I talked about it last week. I think it's a little early for him to be on TV for sure. You know, and I think Cubs may have even wrote about that, how there were veterans who were like jealous. Like, why the fuck is this guy getting opportunities in AEW? You know and that kind of led to some of the friction with this other situation. But I mean, what the fuck? I mean, that's pro wrestling. How, when has nepotism not mattered? In pro wrestling? <laughs> right,
4: nepotism and I youth mean, uh matters a lot, it will always matter. Getting, getting your horns in it, or getting your teeth in on a guy that's young and just so happens to be the brother of you know another guy that's a star. Yeah, nepotism's always ruled. In the wrestling world and and, and youth and, and the, the desire to have youth and the desire to, you know, that, that's always been big. So you get a young guy that's the brother of a big time star. Yeah, of course, you're going to do whatever you can. Yeah. To so. put him on TV as much as you can to try to get him. And and they did. Hell, that guy was in there for, you know, whether or not he has a contract. He was wrestled like, you know, five or six times on EW television over the course of a couple of weeks. So uh, they definitely uh, use gravity a, a, a bunch. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, what's going to happen with Bandito moving forward? But uh, yeah, did I, you
3: see? Did you see Samoa Joe do Gravity's walk to get out of the way of the the? the you know, you know, Joe
1: does that yeah, spot, yeah, yeah,
3: where the guy does a crossbody and Joe just casually walks away. But against gravity, he did Gravity's moonwalk, not the the Michael Jackson style moonwalk, but like the, you know what I'm talking about? like the way Gravity does his entrance with the with the big astronaut steps. And Joe mocked him by doing that spot by doing the big astronaut step. I thought that was fucking (laughs) hilarious. Joe's
4: the best. Joe's awesome. That match
3: rule. He really is the best. Yeah, he's incredible.
4: Ah, there you go. So never a dull moment in the world of uh, a Lucha. But, yeah, if you want to read more about that, uh, Cubs fan has a very, very, very detailed report. It's uh, linked in our uh, topics and run sheets. If you're a uh, Patreon member, Uh, $5 tier, you can read that. But uh, LuchaBlog.com. Uh, as well just a, a huge amount of detail that we didn't even get into he he's got all the nuts and the bolts of it we just kind of gave you the uh the cliff notes the the biggest points that you need to know uh about that but uh yeah that's uh well, interesting story and uh, hopefully bandito I have
3: so much cmll to watch i basically have the entire month of july um so, i you know i'm you very know,
4: behind as well so maybe I, I need to do that too i need to kind of push some of this other shit to the side and, and start watching some cmll again
3: yeah i i gotta i gotta watch the july and then uh you know, maybe if there's some talking points there, could um, do we could do another roundup of it on uh, next week's show or the week after, whenever um, all that gets watched. Because as long as it stays interesting, I'll keep talking about it. And they definitely had just breeding results and and everything. Um, you know, it, it, they definitely had an interesting month. So, got to get it watched though.
4: All right, so that is the world of lucha, Joe. I don't know what else we can do. I think we got to do WWE here last hour. Anything else? Uh, hey, what's going on in the world? What are you watching? What's, let's well, we'll talk trade deadline. Yeah. What, what do you want to talk about? You want to, you want to do an immaculate grid on the air? We could do that. I, mean, what do you want to just, I already did up? today's. All right. Well, you want to do it again? <laughs> it's, it's right. no. Or do we just have to fucking do it?
3: Ah, let's just fucking, I guess we have to do it.
4: Oh, let's fucking do Wretched it. company. That's- I you know
3: I saw the um, I saw the trailer for the Cody doc yeah, and the very first line. The way, of the I, trailer. I don't know
4: if you knew this. His son, or Dusty he, Dusty Rhodes. That's his son, Cody. Did you know that? Oh it's a, yeah, it's wild. Well, and uh, listen, I I think I know the exact line. Go ahead. Let me see if it's the exact line that I heard. And I said oh, Joe's going to hear that line and flipped his fucking. This shit. will ensure that I never. <laughs> I think I know the exact line, but go ahead. This one's sure that I never watched this documentary. I think that's first about to say, all, I was kind of the same thing too. I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And then he said this line and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to watch this thing it, ever.
3: Yeah. It's it. Look, first of all, it's going to be this, all this WWE slanted bullshit. I can't fucking deal with it. Oh, but,
4: come on. You don't want to hear their version of history. So, so the very first line of the trailer, <laughs>
3: like when you go to the peacock yep. and you just put the cursor over the box And it does that thing where it plays like a trailer, right? Is Cody sitting in a chair? And the first thing out of his mouth is my father is on the sports entertainment Mount Rushmore.
4: Yeah, that's a line. I puked in my mouth. I I will (laughs) never watch that. I heard that. I said, oh, God, Joe is going to flip a table when he hears Cody say, well, you know, my father was on sports entertainment Mount Rushmore. (laughs)
3: Sports entertainment Mount Rushmore. Cody, have some pride. (laughs) Just fucking insist. Just say it's
4: wrestling. I'd say it's fuck that. I'm going to say it's Vince. I'm going to say Vince.
3: You're Cody. You've got some stroke.
4: I'm going to say wrestling. Who cares?
3: Just say it's your documentary.
4: What are they going to do? Fire to you wrestling. <laughs> you know, what are they going to do?
3: And if he don't have the guts to, for that, for that bare minimum, I'm not watching that shit. And people might think that that's dumb or petty. Then you go. Fucking it says it. a lot about I'm it. It says,
4: it. it says a lot about what that documentary is going to be. The, the, the fact that again, like you said, he, he without saying wrestling, it's like, yeah, you, okay, I'm good. The sports entertainment Mount Rushmore. I'm I'm good. I don't need that in my life.
3: Yeah. I, 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 I refuse. Cause you know, well, you know what the rest of I can't, and I, and I'm disappointed in him for saying that. Okay. And just to reiterate, and this is neither here nor there, I don't give a fuck what Cody says or WWE says, Dusty Rhodes never gave a fuck about winning the WWE world title. Uh, okay. No. I, you can no, push that not. story all you want. We all know that that isn't true. And I just want to squeeze that in here too, while while you know I'm in a surly mood. Okay. Um. Anyway, what do we got to do here? SummerSlam and this dopey Great American. Well, fashion?
4: first we got to talk about some little issues with old Vince McMahon. WWE disclosed today during their earnings call. Uh, breaking news, by the way, they made a shit ton of money this quarter, uh, as per usual. So that's the uh, breaking news about the earnings call. Uh, That Vince McMahon was subpoenaed on July. 17th quote as previously disclosed on June 17 2022 a special committee of the board of directors was formed on June 15 2022 to investigate allegations of misconduct by Vince McMahon as previously disclosed the special committee investigation was completed during the fourth quarter of 2022 however related government investigations remain ongoing on July 17 2023 federal law enforcement agents executed a search warrant and served a federal grand jury subpoena on Mr. McMahon. No charges have been brought in these investigations. The company has received voluntary and compulsory legal documents, uh, legal demands for documents, including from federal law enforcement and regulatory agencies concerning the investigation and related subject matters. So there you go. The news there, July 17th, executed a search warrant, grand jury subpoena, but no charges brought about in that investigation. Thus far.
3: Yeah, so who fucking cares? He's what do you think's gonna happen to this guy?
4: I don't know. Probably nothing. Never does. Probably um, nothing. We'll, yeah. <laughs> probably nothing. Uh, Vince McMahon. Here's what he had to say about it. it. Is a quote in 2022. WWE formed a special committee to review allegations of misconduct against me. Uh, I'm sure he wrote these this line line for line for sure. That review was concluded in November 2022, following an extensive investigation. Throughout this experience, I have always denied any intentional wrongdoing. Continued to do so. I am confident that the government's investigation will be resolved without f- any findings of wrongdoing. I am focused on completing the recovery process. From my recent spinal surgery and on our closing of our transaction with Endeavor, which will create one of the most preeminent global sports and entertainment brands. So, um, yes, in case you're wondering, um, potentially conspicuous timing of uh, Vince McMahon is currently taking a medical leave of absence due to spinal surgery. So whether those two things are related, the federal grand jury subpoena and search warrant and his spinal surgery, well, I don't know. Yeah, probably not. I'll, I'll leave that up to you. Uh, WWE's official comment is: "quote We believe this is a continuation of the investigation that commenced last last summer. WWE has cooperated throughout and fully understands and respects the government's need for the complete process. So, or a complete process, I should say. I
3: say think it. going in for a spinal surgery it would be a little
4: that's a lot. Um, yeah, wearing the neck brace during your the steroid trial is one thing. Yeah, <laughs> saying all right, I need you, I need you to work on my spine. I got to get out of this thing. I can't. I'm going to go heat. for spinal surgery
3: at eighty. Um." <laughs> Look, maybe he didn't do anything uh, else wrong here. I mean, he's been paying the money back, right? I mean, yes. The the earnings call was today, yes, and that's ongoing. So I don't know. Maybe there's no charges because there's they didn't get. You know, they're looking into it and they find anything. Yeah, I don't know. know. Yeah, Yeah. I I think a lot of what do people want to happen? Like, what do you? What do people think is going to happen here?
4: He's, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, if you want the Vince McMahon perp walk, I don't think you're getting that.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know it's uh i don't know wake me up when there's some charges yeah i I don't know enough about this
4: yeah i I don't know enough about this either yeah it it seems now who knows what this could be i mean there's a lot of stuff going on in and around vince mcmahon and 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 around you know potential dealings with his personal finances versus the company finances and stuff and that was always a little fishy and always a little bit weird and it did kind of seem strange that everybody was like oh all right whatever and it's like you know, what, what was he taking company funds to pay for these things? You can't really do that if you're publicly traded company. So there's a lot of weird stuff going on around that. But yeah, who knows? What Again, I don't know enough about the situation. Nobody really does, you know, to, to to really say with any sort of certainty what's going on. But uh, last but not least, uh, Nick Khan, during the uh, earnings call said, quote, our founder, Vince McMahon, underwent major spinal surgery while remaining the executive chairman of WWE. Vince has decided to take a medical leave of absence to focus on his physical recovery. We wish Vince the best in his recovery and will respect his privacy as it related to this medical matter. So the good news is Joe, the, uh, a member of the board of directors will be doing a uh, press conference this weekend for SummerSlam. I'm sure somebody will follow up and dig in on, you know, any insights they have. into ah, I the, fully the charges. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Once they're done chanting his name and bowing before him, they will say, ah, yes. Paul, <laughs> Mr. Levesque. Uh, I have a question for you about uh, the board of directors. Uh, you know, you're, you're, your fiduciary duty as a board of director member—I'm <laughs> sure that will come up anytime, you know. After the question about mommy and poppy, I'm sure, but after that, we'll get to brass tax and, and and see uh, what this member of the board of directors has to say. And hey, where's your wife, by the way? Where the hell is your wife? We haven't seen her in a year. Is she okay? Is she maybe right? that Steve, maybe that Steve Fall guy will Steve dig in Fall. deep <laughs> on Fall. the uh, from the ten
3: count. He was maybe the guy. He, he was the
4: guy deep. who was like. He was having a he was having a moment during that Cody doc, right? Isn't he that guy? That's he was crying over and over again.
3: Well, I I'm I'm glad you asked. I happen to have the tweet right in front of me, Rich. Okay. Uh Steve Fall from the 10 count says, Finally watched hashtag becoming oh. Cody Rhodes. Oh.
4: <laughs> God damn it.
3: Holy crap, did I cry over and over and over again?
4: That's a lot of overs. A lot of crying
3: cody rhodes is an inspiration to anyone who feels like they can't achieve their goals plus i'm a dad and i know how hard it is to balance life and a dream at cody rhodes and tweet hmm. all right I, what an absolute <laughs> fucking dork i mean it, it, it that what are we doing? This is the now keep in mind. This is the same guy who goes to these pressers and, you know, willfully you know, like he does. He basically does character. He wants to be hired. Basically, he's one of these guys that wants to be hired or maybe he doesn't want to be hired. He just wants to. I don't know. A be level of publicity. Sapper, and
4: maybe. Yeah, just yeah. a level of, of yeah, of, of, of fame or whatever that comes with being a. This guy watched this thing and cried over what and over and about? over and over again. Well, good for him, I guess. So anyway, Steve Paul, the 10 I'm sure he'll be asking, yeah, I, uh, listen, Paul, I cried, where's I, your I,
3: wife? <laughs> I can relate. I cried, too, when Cody said Dusty Rhodes was on the Mount Rushmore of sports entertainers. <laughs> I, I shed a tear. Right. That, that was sad to me. That made me cry a little.
4: Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of the SummerSlam, uh, this Saturday from Ford Field. On Peacock. I don't know what the... I forget what the tagline is. It's not the biggest part. I keep saying the biggest part. Why why do you keep
3: pushing back Great American Bash?
4: Mm -hmm. Do it last. Why are you doing that? You want to do Great American Bash now?
3: Why do you keep pushing it back?
4: I don't know. Because you don't want to talk about it. You're going to get upset. I don't want you to get too upset. No, I'm ready to talk about it. Oh, I'm ready. You You want me to push SummerSlam away and talk Great American Bash? I don't... Yeah, I mean... I think we can get through the SummerSlam in like Three minutes.
3: All right, go ahead. That's
4: what I'm saying. I don't think there's that much to be said about that. How this can we us. spice
3: this up? Because I don't even know how to approach discussing the SummerSlam. I,
4: um, I, I'm going to say some matches. You're going to go, huh, all right. <laughs> then gonna, here's then gonna, how. Here's then I'm going to say I, another I, I match, thought, and then you're going to go, I don't care, Rich. I don't care. And then you, and then I move on. I was about to, to say another that. match, yeah. and then then we're done. And then you know I do that four or five times. And then we're done. And then we move on to Great American Bash. You go, Rich. What do you want me to say about Seth Rollins and Finn Balor? <laughs> You know, and then I move on. What do you want me to say about Seth <laughs> exactly? Rollins and so Finn that we do it. Seth Rollins for Balor. We're done. That's the WWE World Heavyweight Title match. Freakin' versus Balor. Boom. We're done. Didn't they just have a disappointing? They match? did. Like just have a disappointing match. Six years ago, they had a match at SummerSlam for the Raw does title. Does anything as well. matter? Does no, any of this matter? It doesn't. Boom. Done. All right. Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey. MMA rules. Rousey's done. She's finishing up.
3: All right. So, I guess Baszler wins.
4: I think so, probably. Yes.
3: All right, great. I'm Rod sure Rousey. I'm sure it'll be a launching pad to massive success. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm sure people
4: will learn yeah. uh, and they will push Shayna Baszler afterwards. Uh, Rousey a fascinating career if this is it for her in WWE. Like she came in people are not going to believe how big of a deal she was. And it's hard to believe how not big of a deal she has been since. You know what I mean? Like like a, ta- a tangible draw, ratings mover, all this stuff that you could say—an actual star with a capital S for Ronda Rousey when she came in—and she has been ha- hanging around now for like two or three years, and do- you forget she's in the company. Just a person, just a person on the roster. It's wild.
3: When's uh When's NWA seventy five? Can we do that to annoy that one guy?
4: Uh, NWA, I, unfortunately, I think you're gonna have to wait a little bit. That's the end of August. Um, August twenty sixth and twenty seventh is uh, NWA seventy fifth anniversary. So
3: all right, all right, well, okay, let's get through this. The yeah. SummerSlam. Come
4: on. And, and, yeah. SummerSlam Battle Royal. Brought to you by Slim Jims or something, I think. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Sheamus, Tommaso Ciampa, L.A. Knight, Chad Gable, Otis, and question mark, 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 and then a, a number of other question marks. I'm not going to do that gimmick for as many. I don't know how many people are in the SummerSlam Battle Royal presented by Slim Jim. So. But uh, budding star L.A. Knight is in there, so uh, maybe he'll win it. young hotshot L.A. Knight. Boom. Done. Uh, Ricochet versus Logan Paul.
3: All right. Well, okay, look. There's some juice Royal here. Rumble, There's some juice here. That's has, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, this has some too. juice. All right?
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm you. I'm telling you. It's coming soon. The match where L.A. Knight and Freaking get in the ring. And half the crowd just does the Rollins song. And the other half of the crowd just says, yeah, the whole time. And they do that for 25 minutes. And then wrestling has, has, we're done. It's over. And it gets like a 9.8 on cage match. It's like the best thing ever. And everybody loves it. And then we give up. And then this show's done. Or we just talk about old Continental Wrestling instead. We just review old episodes of Continental Wrestling. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. WWE Intercontinental Championship match. Gunther defending the title against Drew McIntyre. (laughs) WWE Women's title triple threat match. Asuka defending her title against Bianca Belair. Oh, yeah. And, of course, they fucking found a way to get Charlotte Flair involved. So, gee, I wonder who's going to win this match, (laughs) Joe. Did you see Raw's had, like, six minutes of women's wrestling
3: on the Uh last? Yeah. How come no one talks about that? Well, uh, it's he-
4: weird. It is interesting how they don't talk about that and they, how they, they constantly do, have advertised fair, Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch and then they're just not doing it and then now they're not doing it on the show either. So, Do you know how annoying the women's wrestling discourse is? That guy from uh, Fightful,
3: uh, the Sour Grapes guy, mm-hmm. Alex, whatever his last name is, I don't want to mispronounce it, Powell or whatever his last name is, He, um, he made a tweet this week annoyed at the lack of women's wrestling on Raw, right? And he named all these WWE contracted wrestlers that he hasn't seen in a while that he would like to see wrestle more. Oh, I did you see know, that. He went right like... down the list. Piper Niven and <laughs> right. uh, all Kaylee clamoring. Ray. We're and... all
4: clamoring for Piper Niven to come back. I know.
3: He, he named all the stars, Rich. He went right down the line. Now, look, the point here isn't that this man wants to see all these mediocre wrestlers, because I looked at that list and thought to myself, there's 10 wrestlers on this list, and if 8 of them retired tomorrow, I would never miss any of them for a second. But I, I I that's not the point here. Okay? The point here is this man would like to see these wrestlers and Raw is not providing that for him because they don't do any women's wrestling on Raw anymore. Um this and 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 to make his point, he quote tweeted a WWE tweet with this Maxine character who's with Otis. Yes.
4: She's with Otis and Chad. And she was
3: doing the worm. And that was the only women's match on the show, apparently. (laughs) So his point was, Hey, look, you have all these women on the shelf and all you're giving me is this, this goofball doing the worm. Right. Which I have to say, if you want to see all those wrestlers, he wants to see, I would, be annoyed by that too, right? Right. Maxine doing the worm
4: is, is, is the women's representation on the show. Yeah.
3: This terrible wrestler doing the worm, doing a comedy gimmick. And you know, this is how bad the women's wrestling discourse is now. This dude, Alex Grapes guy, he got killed for that in the quote tweets and the replies. They're mad at him, Rich, because now it's all, well, you should make your point without burying Maxine, who's out there trying. Oh her best.
4: yes, I forgot you would have to do that. Yes, if, that's true. I th- that that's Cri- where Rich. that's where criticism has gone. Is that well? Hold on a minute. Criticism,
3: criticism is fucking dead. If that's how people are going to look at these things, now.
4: well, that's mean to Maxine. So you shouldn't be mean to Maxine. <laughs> you should think about well, Maxine. Why can't feelings. I hold on
3: now? <laughs> why can't I be mean to Maxine if I think Maxine sucks? <laughs> right.
4: <laughs> She's trying really hard though.
3: I don't care. She's on Monday Night Raw. Oh, the, well, Joe, if terrible. you if
4: you want, I have an article for you later in the pantheon of well, you can't criticize because people are trying kind of hard. Don't just you wait.
1: I got it all time.
3: This is a women's wrestling advocate begging for more. and they got mad at him, <laughs> not the company. I, it's just the most annoying, tiresome, exhausting discourse. Regardless of the promotion. You may continue.
4: All right. So anything else on Oscar, Charlotte, and Bianca? Probably not.
3: Right. Who gives a shit? What's next?
4: Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes, the uh the son of Dusty Rhodes, who was on the Mount Rushmore of sports entertainment.
3: Yeah. Cody says he's putting an end to it. In it's over.
4: It's over.
1: I hope. This
3: sports entertainment feud is over. <laughs> No, you can't say feud, right? This, this sports entertainment dispute.
4: I don't know what their word is. is. Yeah, what's their word for? Is they it, don't really it say. It. They just say this what ends say? on Sunday or whatever. I, yeah, yeah I this ends. Yeah, <laughs> they don't really ever say a word there. They don't yet. have
3: a word for it. Yeah.
4: Now these guys have good matches together. I'm sure it'll be fun.
3: No, I yeah yeah I'll be in, I'll be into this. I, look, I have to watch this so. That's a match that I'll actually look forward to watching.
4: Yeah. Brock matches are good. Cody matches are usually good. So, yeah. Yeah. Should be fun. Yeah.
3: Being fair. Being fair.
4: Uh, And then you have a tribal combat match in your main event here. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, WWE title and WWE universal title in a tribal combat match. Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso. Joe, do they finish the story? Because a couple weeks ago, everybody said, ah, we figured it out. Jay's the story that's the cody no that's not the story that's a, well jay's the story but now as we're getting close to it like we always do everyone's going i don't know if you do it now i don't know if you want roman to lose now so it's like all right we're gonna reset the clock okay never mind this isn't actually the story no we don't know what the story is anymore again so uh, is this the yeah. story Joe, or is it not the fucking story
3: like, all right put your fucking world title on jay uso who cares Who cares?
4: But he's not. No, it's not the story. It's not ready yet. It was. It's funny because we always get really ready for these, and then in the weeks that lead up to it, it gets like progressively more. Where everyone's like,
2: ah, you know, actually, I
4: don't know if we're quite ready yet for, you know, uh, this to happen. I should mention in the tribal combat match, this is also for recognition of tribal chief. So whoever wins will be recognized as the tribal chief. So uh, uh, if non (laughs) DUI Uso wins, he will be recognized. He's non DUI, right? I don't know. Aren't they he... both DUI Uso? <laughs> maybe I'm he not did. Even yeah, sure maybe anymore. he did have one. I forget now. Um, one of them is definitely a DUI Uso. I, I forget if this one is or not. So. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. Uh, uh okay, no, he did also have a DUI. So okay, they're both DUI. All Uso. right. So um anyway, they're but both they're this both one, DUIs. Jay will uh could potentially become the tribal chief in this tribal combat match. So we'll see. Okay. They'll probably hit uh, each not? other with do kind of sticks. Great. Yeah, Listen, I say fuck it, let's do it. Jay Uso champion. The, let's do put it. Put
3: the title that Dusty never won on uh on 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 the other Uso, Jay Uso. Why not? Um wait, is this the title that Dusty always wanted to win or is it one of their other nineteen uh titles? no this Which is the one this is
4: it? the title that, that Cody who's Dusty's son uh wanted to win for Dusty. Yes, because he never won it. It was this one. The the combined WWE title and the WWE okay. universal so, yeah. title. Yes, yes. Uh, I was hoping you Go were ahead. going to ask me what all a right. Tribal the Combat story. match I'm... is. I don't know what it is, and I've been trying to figure it out, and I don't know. So, move on. I guess we don't know exactly what it entails yet, so we'll find out. Um, all right. Summer Slam. <laughs> it...
3: Can you even hear me? What's going on?
4: I got you. I got you. What's up?
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Oh, I... I... Yeah, I don't know what was going on. I think it got funky there for a second, but... um. Yeah, let's just end this story so I never have to hear about it again. Yeah, great. Let's end J it Uso. right here. Let's just do it. Put it on Jay Uso, and that's that. No more bloodline. That would be nice to not have to hear about the bloodline anymore. Um, and who cares?
4: If so, if Jay doesn't win this too, like, what are we?
3: I don't know. We're what kicking that happen? can
4: down the road again, and like, oh, well, not. Jay
3: Rich, the These story. mutants are gonna watch <laughs> no, SmackDown. Solo's no matter the what. story.
4: It's like oh, okay, we'll move on to the next one. But they're gonna get two million viewers, the, and who cares? Who gives a fuck? Yeah, eat it, Arby's.
3: These <laughs> two point five million mutants
4: are we'll gonna put anyway. on
3: SmackDown next week. It doesn't make a difference.
4: It doesn't matter. Yeah,
3: they love this shit.
4: We Jay just will have, have to
3: be fucking. Jay,
4: Jay will have to show up to SmackDown and recognize Roman as his tribal chief, and Jimmy will yeah. shiver <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> Paul will hold the titles, and yeah, we'll just you know, and people will say, ah, oh, you know, the story isn't really Jey, so it's it's Cody getting back to there. At WrestleMania, okay, <laughs> so now we're back, we're back to that, okay, great, all right, let's do that. Anyway, right. Summer
3: it's, uh, Slam uh, yeah. got to be it's about it.
4: It's just Joe, you are breaking up a little bit. Can you hear me now? We are having some problems here with Joe. I, 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 can, uh... I can hear you, yeah. Okay, you're good? You you're me. back. I'm back. I think we're all back. Okay, it was, it was a little while there. You you were on something about Edith Arby's, and I didn't hear what the hell you he said. So <coughs> <laughs> now we go. He has departed. All right, we'll get Joe back on in a moment here. Uh he has signed off briefly just to fix out his connection thing. So all right, so that is um. <laughs> there we go. That is uh uh, that is the Summer Slam. There will be a preview up at com from one suit Williams coming up in the next uh, couple of days, next couple hours, hopefully. i uh, be up pretty soon. Joe, you are back. Does everything sound good now, you think? Uh, you tell me. You sound good. All right. Uh, you okay. were doing some Eat at Arby's rant. I don't know what you were talking about, but we can just. Nobody on. cares. Nobody cares. Myself included. All right, the Great American Bash, the NXT premium live event. Now, Joe, you went in person uh, to the HEB Center at Cedar Park uh, in Austin, Texas. What was it like being there live for a uh, NXT PLE?
3: You know, I didn't go. (sighs) Okay. Okay. I, this, I, I knew I shouldn't have watched this show. <laughs> I
4: told it's, you not um, to. For the record, full disclosure, everybody. I told Joe, do not watch NXT. I will watch it for you. You watch too much shit. There's a lot of shit that you watch that I don't watch. You don't have to watch NXT this week. I will watch NXT for you. I'm already halfway through the show. Don't watch it. I'll watch it. And you watch it anyway.
3: It, it It's. Uh, you didn't have to do this. It just gives me. I have like this crisis. I don't. I don't understand. Like I watched this show and it was terrible up and down like irredeemably bad show. And then I
4: look on the cage match
0: and
3: cage match could be a little wacky. I think for
4: we sure. All... Especially WWE wise. It has been particularly wacky lately.
3: Rich, I watched this, uh, Carmelo Hayes, Ilya Dragunov match. Okay. Yeah. And it was aggressively fine to use an overused a term.
4: good little main event. I, good little main
3: event. I went like three stars on it. Um, It had perfectly fine work with all of the usual bullshit that's attached to a WWE match, but especially a WWE main event in that it was completely and totally built around Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. And... None of the work in the match mattered until Ilya Dragunov accidentally smashed into Trick Williams. And then they went right to the finish. And there was a spot late in the match where they did the patented, let's stop the match and have two guys talk to each other when Trick Williams grabbed the title and went over to Hayes and was saying, this is what you're fighting for. Don't lose sight. This is what we're fighting for. It's just all the tropey bullshit that comes with, with these WWE matches, especially NXT. Then Hayes wins. And the last 15 to 20 seconds or of the broadcast was Ilya Dragonoff making these annoying fucking faces. <laughs> and Trick Williams and uh and and Carmelo Hayes making annoying fucking faces. And the camera switching back and forth.
4: <laughs> Between the faces, yeah.
3: To the faces that they're making. Go watch if you think I'm lying.
4: Oh no, 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 it happened, yeah.
3: These fucking faces that Dragunov is making. And I'm just like, this is such shit. This isn't pro wrestling. It just isn't even wrestling. Then I go on the cage match. And at the time that I'd looked, this match was sitting at 9.4. It now sits a little (laughs) lower.
4: It's one of the best matches of all time. (laughs)
3: 9.17. You're telling me that 250 people think that this bullshit run-of-the-mill NXT melodrama garbage, which is what it was, is in the same pantheon as the greatest all-Japan matches of all time from the 90s and the great New Japan G1 matches from the 2010s and all of the other greatest matches of all time. And this is a 9.4 pro wrestling match. Rich, if this is... it, it this, this is what I'm talking about where I'm having a crisis. Because I feel like I no longer understand pro wrestling. I really feel that way. When a match like this people think is great but do people you trust do people
4: that you trust think that this match was great i I, I don't know rich
3: there's 250 people who but their cage match
4: match. idiot cage match we we know what cage match is now especially with WWE stuff we do oh it's um,
3: oh the children are the problem is that what's happening no that's my concern maybe we're the ones out of touch rich yeah, Maybe but this no, is most now. people I,
4: I know, know, most people I know that watched that and reviewed it, and people that I care to listen to and talk about, all kind of had the same thought of like, ah, this is okay, but that wasn't that great. Yeah, it was fine. Most people say, hey, the closing stretch was pretty good, but everything else is pretty boring at the beginning.
3: Yo, a lot of people thought MJF and Adam Cole eating spicy food was funny too. Rich, I'm concerned. <laughs> Rich, this is I am concerned because I don't want to be that guy. May, this is the crisis I'm having. May, maybe all this shit is good. I just... Maybe I'm the one. I don't get it anymore, Rich. I don't get it.
4: Rich, I watched Tiffany Straton. <laughs> this match was so... Don't tell me... What does this match have on Cage Match? This this might throw me for uh, 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 into let, a rage. Listen, I watched Tiffany Straton
3: wrestle... The most annoying pro wrestler <laughs> on the face of the, the fucking worst. earth. There is... Thea Hale, let me be clear to the audience. There is not a single pro wrestler to ever grace a ring that I hate more than her. She is the most off-putting and annoying pro wrestler to ever step foot between the ropes. Ever. In the history of pro wrestling. Okay? Okay. And she's everything that this company is and wants, which is wh- which is what's also depressing. I watched this match between these two and they fucking stink. Make no <laughs> mistake about it.
4: I, I think Stratton's okay. Defended- I, I see I see something in her. Like I not, I think, not on this night. Not on well, I don't know hey, if let this me is tell fully you, her fault on this I, night.
3: I have defended Straton. I have written about Straton. I see big things for Straton. I do. Right now, she fucking stinks. And she was abysmal. Not bad. Not subpar. Not awful. Abysmal in this match. And Thea Hale is is utterly...
4: I think Thea... No, and that that's why I want to defend Tiffany Stratton a little bit. I've seen Tiffany Stratton have some, some okay matches. I've seen potential in her. I've seen things that have worked for her. I don't think a submission match is the best way to, to utilize her. But I've seen things with her where I'm like, okay... I, I see it. I see it. I see something. I've never seen anything at Thea, and I thought she was fucking brutal in this match to the point where they didn't know what to do with her. They had her sit oh, oh. in submission holds the whole match
3: not only okay
4: when when strand has to be the one leading you through the match and doing most of the work that's not good <laughs> you know what i mean that is that is that worries me a lot for the future of of, of Athea hale well that, that, why are
3: all these shitty why are all these shitty wrestlers always in gimmick matches that they can't handle
4: uh that is a great question i you must you must ask sean michaels that uh we can ask him that on the next nxt media call that we never yeah get i'm, I'm sure too,
3: so. yeah i'm sure that's going to be the first question loaded up <laughs> now listen Here's the other problem. Thea Hale is sitting in these submissions, making her annoying yes. fucking faces.
4: This match was eleven minutes of Thea Hale in submission, making faces, going
3: Not only was she, Rich, <laughs> right. not only was she making faces, she was literally saying the word "ow" over and over. She was making her ugly Thea Hale faces, and she was saying "ow." Ow!
4: Ow! (laughs) While she's in pain. How else do you say that you're in pain?
3: (laughs) She's so bad, man. She's so bad. someone please explain to me (laughs) what these people do all day in that fucking performance center? Not only, (laughs) and and, and on top of that, Straton has her in these crab holds.
4: Yeah, they're all just crabs, by the way. Every one of these moves is a Boston crab, by the way. It's a single leg crab, it's a double leg crab. It's your standard Boston crab. It's a single leg crab. And then it's like kind of a crab hold with a little bit of an arm or, you know, a little bit of a, a, a you know, a little bit of a headlock variation. Yeah, but she's making, essentially, they're all head, just crabs. They're just the same Hail thing over is, and over. Hale
3: yeah. is, is reaching for the ropes and making these dumb, ugly looking faces the whole time <laughs> and saying, ow.
4: <laughs> well,
3: and, and Straton literally fell off of Hale's back. Multiple times. And Hale kept selling. Rich, she kept selling and acting like she couldn't get to the ropes. Despite the fact that Straton was no longer holding her in the hold. She was falling off of her. And and Hale was still selling and acting like she couldn't get to the ropes. (laughs) <laughs> well, it happened more than once!
4: It did happen at least twice. I remember two times that it happened. But, uh, what yeah. was this? That uh, was fucking atrocious. And now you're going to tell me the cage match rating and I'm also going to have an existential crisis.
3: I wrote down after watching this abysmal piece of shit. This is what I wrote down. Comically bad. One of the worst pro wrestling matches I've ever seen. Fucking dud. And I circled dud about 19 times. <laughs> it
4: was a fucking dud for sure.
3: This was a dud. This was one of the worst exhibitions of professional wrestling humanly possible. Cage match rating. You ready?
4: I don't know if I am actually.
3: 6.20. Oh, <laughs>
4: oh no.
3: These people think that this was a three star match. Oh Rich, it's over.
4: It's it might be over. over, You know, I I didn't agree with you ten minutes ago. I now agree with you. It is over.
3: You, you, we've lost. Find me a worse pro wrestling match on purpose than this match. You can't. Everything was bad and wrong. She couldn't even. Tiffany Stratton couldn't hold on to a Boston crab. (laughs) And the other, the other, and Hale kept selling when the opponent was falling off of her with her exaggerated dumb faces and literally saying, ow, over and over. This is what they're teaching? This is what they want? Well, Joe,
4: she's only 19, (laughs) so you have to... I don't know.
3: I I can't... Rich, I'm out of touch. I don't understand pro wrestling anymore that's how i feel every time i watch nxt i don't understand what this is supposed to be anymore. i don't
4: know yeah for people who do not the finish was um the chase you guys threw the towel in for Thea while she was in one, yeah, of, the ma- the towel. one what, of the whatever. many crabs <laughs> after the seventh crab was like all right this is enough we've had enough here we're throwing the towel thank god i is, had way. enough and yeah.
3: i would have liked to have thrown the i'm towel so glad duke
4: hudson act. threw in the towel there because we needed that
3: I think Chase threw it, but uh, whatever,
4: regardless, who cares? Somebody threw the fucking towel. Thank God.
3: You know, everyone buried the Baron Corbin Gable Steveson match. I thought that this match was a thousand times worse.
4: I would agree. That was going to be my hot take later in the night is that uh, I thought that that this match was much, much worse and given a Corbin- lot more time.
3: Steveson was, listen, Corbin Steveson wasn't good, but it was also just fine. Everyone was like, "Joe, you have to see this." Baron Corbin Gable.
4: Yeah, it wasn't match. that bad. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a disaster, like I thought.
3: I didn't like it, but at the same time, how do you not think that Stratton Hale wasn't eons worse than that? Corbin Steveson was just Corbin beating up Steveson.
4: Right. It was the they wrong a, um, match to have for that guy. We're, we're going to get to that. It, we're, yeah. it, it, it was the absolute worst well, possible we'll right way now. that it, you can debut yeah. Gable Steveson. The worst possible yeah, way you could ever debut was this awful. guy is have him come out and the guy is a fucking charisma void. I talked about that again. That I I don't know that you're going to I mean Kurt Angle in his earliest 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 pro wrestling days, people will say, "Oh, you know, he found his personality later. Go watch those matches. He's got something. He's got some sort of modicum of a personality." Was it to the level that we all thought, you know, or, or that or or what he would become later? Absolutely not. He became he, he, he lived this business. He became a pro wrestler through and through and became just one of the most, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I don't know that everybody assumed that that was going to happen after, you know, Survivor Series 1999 or whatever, when he made his debut. But with that said, Gable Stevenson has no fucking, I mean, he comes out, he like slowly lifts his hands in the air like, yeah, and the crowd's like, yeah, okay, cool. And then, okay, the layout of the match, fucking horrific. So you have Gable Stevenson out here. This is his debut. You have him in the ring with Baron Corbin who is a foot taller than him. And I'm not, I'm not one of Vince McMahon's guy. I don't believe in the Vince McMahon edict that tall is strong and tall people are, you know, are inherently going to be tougher than that. That's stupid shit. Especially when you have a decorated champion gold medalist, amateur wrestler there, it's fine that, but the optics of it are just, it's kind of weird, right? Like, you know, like it's Baron Corbin, this guy who's a foot taller than Gable Stevenson and, And you're like, ah, shit, man, that other guy looks a lot more menacing than Gable Steveson does. And that's the gold medals guy. Okay, whatever. The bell's going to ring and Gable's going to prove that, you know, who gives a shit? I'm going to take this guy down. I'm one of the most decorated wrestlers ever. I'm going to beat the fuck out of this guy. Instead, they have him sell for Baron Corbin for five minutes. What are you doing? What's wh- why would you think that that if you're not going to if you're not going to debut this guy against a small guy that's going to make him look menacing and he throws the guy around and does the stuff then have him debut against a guy that's taller than him and have him throw him around and go, like the the Gable Stevenson thing it it shouldn't be that hard. The the Gable Stevenson thing is the guy throws around people and shows what he can do, you know, what he did in the post match here, throws guys around, looks physically imposing with it with, with and then that's it. Like that that I, I don't understand why we need to do have this guy. We need to see how he can sell. Not yet. We don't need to see how he can sell yet. For a while you just got this guy, while well, he just started, go out there and fucking wreck shop, beat people up, throw people around, show some. I mean, this is it's fucking pro wrestling. It's a work. You can well, work this. What are you doing? Why are you having him? Here's my sell question. for Baron Corbin. What are we doing?
3: I completely agree. The layout was awful. The execution was fine. I mean, I, I look. Here's my question though, you do the double count out, whatever. Stevenson um, gets the better of Corbin and gets his heat back, right? Like at the end, he throws him through what was it, the table or whatever the fuck he threw him through? Oh, the he threw end. him through
4: the barricade, Joe. Drink. Yeah, somebody went through the barricade. Your a, spot. And, a, and a WWE ple. Yeah, somebody went through a barricade. Drink. So it's a double count out, and the point
3: is for Stevenson to leave looking better, in the at the end of the day, right. Well, then why not just have him win the fucking match?
4: <laughs> yeah. We got to protect right? Baron Corbin in the year 2023. Why is he in NXT than Baron Corbin if he's not here to put guys over? What are we doing?
3: Why can't, if if the idea is for Steveson to look good at the end of the day, why doesn't he just win the match? Um, Cage match rating, Rich. 2.44. Oh. So, again, you know. I I can't. I can't get into the mind of someone who thinks this was worse than Stratton and Thea Hell. I, it will never make sense to me. I I I I I can't wrap my head around
4: it. No, it was it was brutal. It was brutal, but no, it, it wasn't. Um, no, it it was certainly not.
3: How worse. about how about the weapons? Well, hold on wild a minute. Hold on a minute. Match.
4: I gotta. Re- you said criticism is dead, Joe. Yeah, I disagree. Criticism is not dead. The okay. fine folks, because we're going to criticize this piece. Uh, from CagesideSeats.com, Rude fans tarnish Gable Steveson's pro wrestling debut. <laughs> yeah, because
3: yeah, they chanted for Corbin, <laughs> which, you know, that's the old thing. Like, these pesky fans aren't, yeah. aren't reacting right. Got to get back to that yeah.
4: Thunderdome, man. Got to get back thing. to that Thunderdome where these pesky the fans, fans, fans won't do fault. that anymore. Yeah.
3: It, it, yeah, it's the fans' fault. It's never the promotion's fault that they're not telling the right story, it's the fans' fault, always.
4: Right, right. That this guy comes out, he has no charisma, they've done nothing with this guy, and he's in a match with Baron Corbin, and the fans have just decided, you know what, screw us. And also, guess what they did? When they brought in Kurt Angle, this is a very famous story as well, they brought in Kurt Angle, they played a bunch of videos before he debuted of him talking about the three eyes and talking about his accomplishments as a gold medalist or whatever, and they kind of got a sense. They listened to the crowd a little bit. And the crowd was like, eh, this guy kind of seems like a fucking prick. Or this guy, you know, this guy looks like a fucking dick. Ah, screw this guy. And the famous story, I believe this is correct, and somebody can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure they will. That before he hit the ring to face Meat, I don't know if he was Meat or Sean Stasiak at this time, I forget. That Vince McMahon was convinced, no, they're gonna cheer you, Kurt. And Kurt was saying they're not gonna cheer me. If they're don't cheer me, I'm going to pivot and I'm just going to be a bad guy. And Vince was considered, no, you're a gold medalist. You're an Olympian. They're not going to boo you. Kurt thinking they're going to think I'm a fucking prick because... Look at me. you know I look like a fucking prick. And I talk about how hard I work and drinking milk and the three eyes and all that sort of stuff. They're going to think I'm a prick. So you know what? I'm just going to go heel if, if the fans boo me. He comes out, the fans boo him, and the rest is history. Kurt Angle then became that prick character. The, the you know three eyes, I drink milk, and I work harder than everybody else, and I have gold medals and that sort of stuff. And it worked out perfectly. And that probably is what you should have also done with Gable Stevenson. here is recognize, hey, look, these fans are not that into this guy for a multitude of reasons beyond just his got a charisma void. There's other aspects of this man's life that people might not see eye to eye uh, with and might not really enjoy rooting for this guy. And also we're in a time period where USA, USA, hey, this guy won gold medals. Isn't, you know, this is not 1984. Like, that's not going to be an easy gimmick to say is, Hey, this guy's a decorated Olympian. He wrestled for the United States of America. Like that's not going to make, you know, a whole, it's not a, it's not an easy win that you're just going to say, Hey, you love America, right? Well, this guy represented America. Like, it ain't going to work in 2023. You know what I mean? So I would have probably pivoted to let's see how the fans react. And Hey, if they react poorly, be an asshole, be a, but I don't know if he has that in him. I don't even know if he knew how to do that. If they even knew that that was going to happen. I have no idea. Regardless, Rude fans, um, charnish uh, Gable Stevenson's Pro Wrestling debut. Quote, having worked in public service and as someone who patronizes businesses, I've seen multiple instances of customers berating brand new employees on their first day, and it's disgusting. Mistreating and verbally abusing someone trying to do their best when they're just starting is ignorant oh and God. mean. <laughs> what a lead. Oh, what my God. What a lead.
3: Oh, you can fuck right off. So, they're Joe... On, Pay per view. So
4: Joe, Joe Sixpack being mean to a Wendy's employee is the same as these people booing Gable Stevenson, who's been training in the Performance Center for months and months and months. Yeah. Unfortunately, happening? the folks of Cedar Park, Texas didn't get the memo about how it's not this. I feel like this is parody, and I don't think it's parody. I kept waiting for someone I to say, nah, ha, ha, fuck that guy. Or whatever, But it was never parody. Um, unfortunately, the folks at Cedar Park, Texas didn't get the memo about how it's not cool to be discouraged. Uh, discur- curious. I don't know. That's a ridiculous word uh, to newbies as they lustily booed Gable Stevenson during his debut against Baron Corbin at NXT's Great American
3: maybe, Bash. it's parody. Maybe it's
4: parody. I don't think it is. Those oh gathered at the HEB Center cheered for Corbin as if he were a hometown Who? hero while Who? actively dumping. I'm not going to name the guy. On the gold medalist. No, you
3: have to name I'll, I'll name him <laughs> it's M. Gomez.
4: M. Gomez is his name. I don't know anything okay. about the guy. Thanks. Uh, the Olympic gold medalist and two-time NCAA wrestling champion. Perhaps some of that disdain came from Steveson's past legal issues that I could understand. He added that line later, by the way, when I first read that, that line wasn't in there, but anyway, uh, um, but considering they were chanting, you're not angle referring to Kurt angle, who was also an Olympic gold medals. It's likely that the Cedar park faithful just weren't into Steveson as a performer. Seriously. It's the kids first match and he's already getting grief because he doesn't perform like a 20 year veteran or because he paid homage to angle with a few of his moves. Give me a break or more importantly, give Gable one. Oh, come on. As to be expected, Stevenson had some rough moments, but he held his own and kept pace with a seasoned pro like Corbin. At one point, there appeared to be a miscommunication or a mistiming on a suplex spot. Stevenson froze, but then began throwing punches at Corbin. Was it a rookie mistake? Probably. But occasionally, there are awkward beats and rough transitions between well-versed stars, so that one glitch wasn't a big deal. That Steveson didn't linger lost in the wind for very long, was impressive. Well, except to those heckling fans. The finish was a draw as both men were counted out of the ring, resulting in chants of bullshit from the un- audience. In though the ensuing post-match brawl between Corbin and Stevenson got them cheering again, still it wasn't t- enough to make up for the rude reception given to the highly touted rookie. From what I saw, Steveson will be fine once he gets more in-ring time and he'll likely be better off as a heel at some point. But for now, he'll have to grin and bear it as he'll probably face hostility in the future from people who must have been flawless employees during their first days at a new job. (laughs) god! Now, if that's parody, brilliant. That guy rules. that is brilliant if it's parody.
3: I didn't I didn't think it was parody. Then I <laughs> did think it was parody. And now I'm back to thinking it's not parody. You can't be fucking serious to write something like that. I mean, and it wasn't even that bad. All they did was chant the other guy's name. Right. It's okay. He's a big boy. He'll be all right. That's not the crap. It's your job to get over. <laughs> you. It's your job to get over as a performer. It's the It's the Booker's job. Yeah, it's to, the company's tell, job. Yeah. Yes, the fans can react however the fuck they want. They weren't disrespectful to him. They didn't curse him or put his put him in danger. Throw things at him. They just cheered for the other guy. What has
4: happened to this business show? What are we doing,
3: <laughs> Rich? This is what I'm saying. I don't understand anymore. I I, I don't understand it.
4: You guys are mean to Gable Steveson. He's just tried his best. (laughs) It's like, okay. Yeah, we're mean to Maxine because we don't like her comedy. (laughs) Stop being mean to these people that I don't know. (laughs) I'm friends with these people. Stop being mean to them. It's Cable Uh, Stevenson, dude. uh, M. Gomez, he wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire, man. Come on. like He doesn't fucking care about you. You think he's reading that going, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Listen,
3: (laughs) ultimately, this is all WWE's fault. Um, Rich, I tell (laughs) you, we've said a lot of bad things about this show, but I got to say, when it was time for the Weapons (laughs) Wild match. Which got wild, let me tell you. And I saw Roxanne Perez. (laughs) Did you hear her pre-match promo?
4: Did you hear her pre-match promo? I did. Blair, people think I am a pushover, but you have taken me to a place that I don't know if I want to be. But you are going to see what that place is at the Great American Bash this Saturday. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's like, all
3: right. Classic Roxanne Uh Perez.
4: (laughs) She's fired up. She's gone to that place. Yeah. And, and she yeah, and she was place. i mean man she came out smiling slapping hands hugging and then she hit blair davenport with uh trash can lids and man so she and got you know what she got taken to that place for sure
3: after all of that with that promo and warning about how she's getting taken to to that place <laughs> she comes out smiling and slapping high five yep. everybody and <laughs> perfect makeup
4: yep you know um you are not gonna you know, like me the that. way i am on sunday because you have taken me to a place i don't even know if i want to be <laughs> it's like oh and then she came out and it was the same old roxanne <laughs> yeah.
3: perez like
4: yeah. what is this place <laughs> um you haven't gone there you're not there yet
3: so um she comes out though and rich she was wearing all white and i was thinking to myself <laughs> you know what Oh,
4: were you really a, you were really thinking that it's a,
3: it's a weapons wild match i think roxanne perez is gonna run the blade here she's going coast to coast <laughs> baby and, and i can't wait roxanne has been in that pc watching tommy rich tapes she's been asking Shawn michael she's like sean
4: it's Great American Bash season. She probably went through all of them. She probably went into the we're database going, and said, give me all the Great American Bashes. I want to watch all those. And she's watching she old. She
3: said, Sean, we're going Weapons Wild this Saturday. What do you suggest? And Sean said, listen, Roxanne, I don't know if you want to go there. And she said, no, I'm going to that place. I'm
4: in that place. I'm already there.
3: And she watched all the Tommy Rich. And she watched all the Abdul the Butcher. And she watched... All of these tapes and that PC and that that great tape library. And she said, Sean, I'm I'm going coast to coast. <laughs> I want color. That's what I was thinking. I'm getting color, brother. Coming out and on, I'm getting and color, out brother. All white. I'm like, they're going to do it, Rich. They're going to do the thing. <laughs> and uh, this is going to get violent. And she promised <laughs> that she was going to that place. Weapons wild. The weapons are wild. Wild weapons, Rich. Trash can lids aplenty. plenty. <laughs> aluminum trash can lids all over we had the fake black Nobody ladders
4: used one of those trash cans
3: we had the, cl- the 27 years chairs with the black chairs the <laughs> black we chairs. we had... <laughs> we had the belt <laughs> blair blair the cowbell. Was... the cowbell
4: and then dusty whose uh, son is Cody Rhodes yes, by the right. way uh well, he has uh... a
3: sports, he listen he's a sports <laughs> entertainment mount rushmore right so you got to get. She got the cowboy
4: ball. bell out, and then Vic Joseph made his ninth Dusty Rhodes uh, reference of the night.
3: That's right. And Booker the T, T went,
4: American "Oh, Rockstar in that place." Yeah.
3: Go. <laughs> yeah, but uh, sadly, Rich, no color. No. No color.
4: No crimson mask. Why
3: wear the white to a weapons wild match, and tell me you're going to a place you don't want to go? And then you don't even give me a little color.
4: <laughs> we don't part.
3: carve up the forehead. I thought that was coming. I swear yeah, to God.
4: I'm sure you did. Did you really? I
3: said, Roxanne's going to do the deal.
4: She's got her Texas faithful chant Roxy, Roxy, Roxy. Yeah, you thought, but no, didn't. Uh...
3: The Texas faithful, her family sitting at ringside. I thought Blair, I thought, I thought Roxy was going to go coast to coast <laughs> And then Blair was gonna drag her over to her family and rip the wound open, right? Yeah, like oh yeah, put her up and to we the, were... the the. the, the uh, uh,
4: I'm doing the punch, you know the the, 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 punch, the punch you gotta do the yeah. little yeah.
3: rabbit punches and then rip the wound open with the hands.
4: Yeah,
3: right. As <laughs> right. as her sister and her mother look on in horror, I thought we were getting it. I thought we were getting it. And then Blair maybe wipes the blood and, and licks it. Licks off of it, her yeah,
4: hand. yeah. So you're, yeah. She's a sick fuck. It's chanted, yeah, really. Yeah. You sick fuck. A, you sick fuck. Is Blair you sick fuck. licking yeah. the licking the blood off of a chair or something like that. Yeah.
3: Yeah that that's what I thought we were getting. When oh. She came out in all white. Yeah. And especially, <laughs> especially rich. When Vic Joseph dropped this gem Uh-oh. in the middle of the match as Blair Davenport was taking it to Roxy with the aluminum trash can lids.
4: Trying to avoid the pop rocks at any cost.
3: And she sets up a table, which by the way, got the biggest, pop the biggest of the night. pop of
4: the night, the fucking table. I knew it was oh, the
3: table set up. God, Vic Joseph dropped this one. And I quote Booker T <laughs> what? barbaric concepts has blair davenport drawn up in her sick mind end quote and i have to be honest i was thinking the same thing with this this weapons wild match was out of control rich chairs
4: trash can lids
3: trash cow ca- table
4: did, did you say chairs yet you did right
3: the black collapsible fake chairs <laughs> okay
4: Trash can lids. I'm looking at my notes here. Trash can lids, chairs. You got both those, right?
3: You know, we didn't get any kendo sticks, but no. I gotta admit, those were a little played out. <laughs> but uh we saw the barbaric concepts <laughs> Blair that Blair Davenport, Davenport <laughs> had drawn up in her sick mind, Rich, on full display. Yeah. In this weapons wild match, boy. And then Roxanne wins it with a fucking a coat splash right on the chairs or whatever.
4: <laughs> well, she did the splash through the table. That that was yeah, where she yeah, really had to, yeah. you know, to avenge all of the attacks because Blair Davenport's been attacking all the women and tearing all their ACLs backstage uh, for for months, if if not years backstage. So Roxy uh, avenged all of them by doing a splash through a table and then bringing her in the ring and then doing the pop rocks and uh, winning the match. So. then
3: uh, she wins the match and she does her same. Post match, dopey celebration with the smile, and, mm-hmm. yeah. Even those you know she survived, Blair Davenport survived barbaric the, the barbaric concept.
4: tendencies or whatever the hell it was. Yeah.
3: Barbaric concepts, barbaric concepts. She survived, yes. So okay. give her some credit.
4: You got to give her some credit for sure.
3: um You know, and I'm just watching this, and it's like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? What? <laughs> Why? Now, are you ready, Rich? Yes. Cage match rating.
4: Oh no! <laughs> no, don't do it. I don't even care. No, don't do it. Settled in? <sighs> yeah.
3: Seven. <What? laughs> stop! Stop!
4: Seven. Anything? Pull it up
3: yourself. <sighs> Pull it up yourself, sir. Maybe you were expecting a three.
4: Nah, I wasn't expecting a three. I don't know if I was expecting a seven for this weapons wild, but uh
1: <sighs> we have think... people
4: in
3: the comments of the of the match complaining that it's only at a
1: seven.
4: Ah, yeah, not not high enough.
3: <laughs> I am confused about how this match is only seven a good match. I liked the way the match was structured. I liked Blair beating up Roxanne in front of her family. Pop rocks on chairs was a cool ending.
4: I thought the match. Oh God. <laughs> I thought the match needed at least three to five more minutes. Oh yeah. That's what it needed. <laughs> Wrapping up in 12 minutes. No good. Yeah. If, if this thing went a fifteen nine
3: from that person, whoa. they would have went Woof. 10.
4: Because that's a hell of a rating for a match that you were like a oh, good match i liked it like you know that's like one of the be- nine is like elite level we've lost the- yeah we don't know what we're doing anymore
3: it's over rich it's over <laughs> we've This lost is the, the future of wrestling we've lost Accept
4: it cage match was fun while it lasted but uh it's over now too um all right quickly here since we're we're out of time here the uh family defeated gallus to become the new uh NXT Tag Team Oh, my team God. How champions. much of a
3: raw-ass two-star match was that? That
4: was real raw. <laughs> that
3: was raw as fuck. It was just yeah. nothing. <laughs> no. Just a nothing match. He, and that Donato stinks.
4: He. D'Angelo, whatever his Yeah, name is, D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, he, he ain't it. He ain't it. No.
3: He'll main event mania.
4: No, he won't. No, Tony D'Angelo will never hate it fan WrestleMania. Thea Hale might. I don't know about Tony D'Angelo. He's not me.
3: People (laughs) love Thea Hale. They think those faces are good. Let's go!
4: (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it's. it's...
3: Where she like makes balls up the fist and shakes and fucking screams. People think that shit is good. It's over, Rich.
4: (laughs) Uh, And speaking of not over, uh, I don't know if on this night your long held uh, belief that uh, you will not ever care about Dominic Mysterio. Uh, He had a North American title match with uh, Mustafa Ali and and Wesley, and he he won this particular match. And uh, Joe, I got to ask the question, did you care about about this match or did you care about Dominic? I
3: don't care about Dominic. I'll never care about Dominic. Um, no, 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 no poppy, no
4: poppy know. for you. You don't like dirty. What about it? They call him Dirty Dom Mysterio. Does that How help? How come
3: Wesley is never in a singles
4: match? I don't know. And wh- poor Wesley had to take a, a four fifty and then a frog splash and then get pinned. That was pretty. I was like, oh man, that kind of sucks for old Wesley. Yeah, this um, this was another just raw match that. Don't even tell me the cage. I don't even want to hear it. I don't even want to hear it. Please. Uh
3: seven point seven nine. Oh. Yeah, but see, it's fine. that main event is that main event is over nine. Like that main event is like the same score as like some of the classic matches that you've seen in your like. I don't know. I don't know anymore. I'm having an existential wrestling. That's crisis. fair. That's fair. I am. I I. I don't know how to fix this. Do I need a vacation or something? Yeah, maybe. What, yeah. What do I G
4: one season I think is worry out a little bit. I think I think G one season and, and just realizing that Kate Match matches over and, and you can't go to cage match anymore for for match. At least WWE match ratings. I think if we just do dis- I need to
3: stop watching this company. Cold, I think you need
4: I to just... stop for a while. Yeah, I think you do. <laughs> You're gonna watch the SummerSlam. You don't have to watch the SummerSlam. I'll watch the SummerSlam if you want. You want to start with the SummerSlam? You don't watch it? I I do?
3: No, I'm I'm you know I'm going to watch it.
4: We got to skip a B I'm level. We got to skip a B level show.
3: There's stuff on SummerSlam I'm probably going to like.
4: Right. We got we got to skip one of those B shows. And WWE pay-per-views have been mostly good. No more NXT for you. You're you're done. You're you're barred from NXT. How about that?
3: No, I have to watch. No, you t- <laughs> just I'm right? trying to help you. <laughs> I have to do the job. I can't bro.
4: help you if you don't want the help. All right? You know what I mean? You're crying for help and then we try to help and then you 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 push us away. So it's like, what do you want?
3: I know. I can't just I have to do the job. What do you want me to do? Like it's not like it's a fucking like yeah, you can just toss like you don't have to watch like impact, right? Like we don't have to do that. I have to, I kind of have to watch this, right? Not NXT. You we have to watch so. the
4: Summerslam. You do not have to watch the the NXT. This is completely unessential stuff that we're watching. I here. think
3: it's the worst wrestling to ever exist. Like, not even just for the re- like the whole presentation, all of it, the package.
4: Yeah, it's loud. It's, it's bright. Everyone's screaming. Everyone's yelling. Nothing. It's never good. Isn't <laughs> it's not that good. Yeah, the main event was fine. Like, you know what I mean. Like the the problem with that main event. Is if that had like a 7.87 rating, I'd be like, yeah, you know, that's probably what it is. It's like, you know, a yeah, decent I enough main event, yeah. a decent, solid WWE style main event. Ilya did a great job of selling Carmelo. He's not quite there yet, but Ilya kind of, you know, held held it together for the first, you know, two and three quarters. And then the finish was solid as hell. Good old, you know, four and three quarters low end four star match if you want to say. I, I wouldn't go four. I'd go four and three quarter. If it was that I'd be fine. But the fact that it's it's in the pantheon of some of the greatest matches of all time on, on that on cage matches uh, is tough. Ah, it makes you sick. It is tough. So yeah I I think you got you're done with NXT. I am I'm, I'm declaring it. You're you're done. You can't do it anymore. You can do it in private, but just don't tell me you're watching NXT.
3: <laughs> do it in private. If you want if you I, must
4: if you must but don't don't tell me you're doing NXT. Well, I'm not I haven't gonna, watched I'm gonna put it on I'm watched. not gonna put it on spreadsheet. I'm not gonna put it on topics list, anything NXT no, is done for now. It. No, got it's to, done. Gotta watch it. You but don't.
3: I, I, I haven't watched SmackDown in weeks because I still don't have Fox. Still
4: well, there, have the carriage dispute. No, there might be a trial this week. You'll miss, but uh, don't worry. That's.
3: Which has been nice to not feel like I have to watch SmackDown. Yeah, you know see, what I mean? Because yeah. because I now I don't even have the option. I can't. I literally cannot watch it. So, and I got to tell you, it feels good.
4: I think you gotta extend that, extend it to RAW, extend it to NXT. Watch the PLEs and that's it. You gotta watch Dynamite. I, I think the Dynamite 200 is gonna help. Dynamite
3: a lot. I heard was good.
4: Very good show. Very good show. I think that'll that'll restore some faith. Go watch some Continental. Watch some Dynamite. I will do that. You'll, you'll be okay. Do that. You'll be okay. We are we are not for people that are. We are not doing it. It's reaction live for SummerSlam. I'm not gonna be around and. I don't want to do that anyway, so (laughs) that's fine.
3: A lot of AEW pay-per-views this month.
4: Absolutely a lot of AEW pay-per-views this month in uh, August, so make sure you subscribe to FlagshipPatreon.com, Patreon.com slash VoicesOfWrestling, uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Patreon. There's really only one. There's all in, but that's fine. All out is in September, but that's okay.
3: Like, I'm not even, look, I'm not doing a bit. I'm not doing shtick. When I watch NXT, I, I question why I watch wrestling at all. I, I, it makes me so depressed. It's a
4: waste of two and a half hours. Yeah. It's a waste of two hours.
3: No, it makes me feel like I don't understand wrestling anymore. I, 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 it, it, it just fucks with my head. It's. Yeah. Uh.
4: You got to stop. You don't have to watch this.
3: I got I got I,
4: Yeah. you don't I, I got I, <laughs> you don't you do not
3: I got to sit down and watch this CMLL right
4: yeah yeah do that watch dynamite 200 you'll be good you'll be back you'll be back at it next week I'm pro- I'm positive of it
3: because then the problem is some dumb thing little thing will happen on something else and then I I just I, I go on a fucking rampage
4: you can get Brock Brock's gonna throw on Cody it'll be fine you'll have a new tribal chief potentially okay that might not help um Anyway, <laughs> that's it. So just skip NXT, uh, and we will never put it on ever again. This might be the end of uh, NXT on this very show. But uh, that is it for this particular episode of the Flagship Podcast. Again, FlagshipPatreon.com, Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling, voices VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Patreon for all of our bonus audio. Sorry, I just had a cough there. The worst possible time. Uh, all in instant reaction coming up later this month. You are getting that. You are also getting bonus audio on the G1, daily G1 audio. Thursday, Dynamite reviews. Every single Thursday, a review of AEW Dynamite. You're getting written content. I wrote about the August 1 warning, the Tino Ortiz uh, a return to Impact Wrestling, the August 1 warning, all about that. If you don't remember that, we are in the 10-year anniversary of that, which made me feel very, very old, uh, the 10-year anniversary of August 1 warning, which I'm sure we talked about on this very show and made fun of uh, at length. I also did a written piece about Collision, as I mentioned, uh, a lot of other stuff available there at Flex Patreon dot com sky's the limit my cruiseweight classic series my awf series freedom of choice uh the paul alperstein uh uh independent uh promotion from the mid 90s going through every episode of that the that is also available and some other stuff uh that we'll have potentially on the horizon on that patreon so make sure you subscribe to their flagship patreon.com patreon.com slash voices of wrestling and voices of wrestling.com slash patreon make sure you also go to voices of wrestling.com for previews reviews columns voice of wrestling.com slash discord uh, to join our discord server. Uh, and then finally, subscribe to the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network on your podcast app of choice. You can subscribe to the entire network itself or search for every of the every one of the individual shows on the network. They all have their own feeds, and you su- subscribe there, rate, review, do all that other fun stuff. So that is it for us. Oh, we're on YouTube as well. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. There's like a Voices of Wrestling on YouTube. You'll find us uh, there. So that is it for us on the Flagship Podcast. That is Joe. I am Rich. We will talk to you next time. Take care.